we're good. I think we're good. Uh, Hans Lando. Yeah. Yeah. Is he is he the best Tarantino character? Ooh. At backside attack. At big save. Uh, is he the best, or is he your favorite, or is he my favorite? Well, well, if he's your favorite Tarantino character, would oh. that make him the best Tarantino character? Would that yeah, make him? Yeah, I, I have to say yes. Just because he's so perplexing. Yeah, because he, he's, he's he's a Nazi. He's, yeah, but the thing is too is that he just he he had he had a very good end game. He just wanted to get out. Yep. Because he didn't like being a Nazi. Nope. He was very good at being a Nazi. Yeah, exactly. And he wanted to get out and get to America, mm-hmm. where he would have gotten prosecuted in sixty years. Do you, did you like him better than uh, the the uh, uh, his character in Django? Oh, I think I did. I think I liked him better in uh, in uh, as a Nazi as Hans Landa mm-hmm. than I did like him as a uh, as as the what's it called Martin Luther King. Dr. King. Yeah, the <laughs> yeah, the traveling dentist, aka bounty hunter. Bounty hunter Dr. King. Yeah, so I I I, I don't know. I, I think I liked uh, uh yeah, I, I just uh I just like his I like his character more in uh in it was in Inglorious Bastards. In Inglorious Bastards I liked it better. I remember more of him. Mm-hmm. So I think based on that, I like him better. Yeah, you couldn't take your eyes off him in Inglorious Bastards. Right? Like that first scene it's like you're just like holy shit. Who or, like, is this guy? The dinner scene, he was crazy. Uh, yeah, he's like that. But that, he's he's crazy. But is he also like very very sane? Yeah, he's yeah exactly. But he just like he will, he'll get the truth. Like he he'll make anyone feel uncomfortable. Yes. So he's a great interrogator. Yeah. So yeah, he's a, he's a fantastic <laughs> interrogator. <laughs> he's a brilliant interrogator. Yeah. Now all of that being said, was he better in uh, in Inglorious Bastards, or was he just like the best part and maybe like one of the best characters ever when he played the bad guy in Green Hornet? <laughs> yeah, that's true too. He's, that yeah. movie's garbage. That movie's garbage. But man, he is gold in that movie. Yeah, he's he made that movie like watchable. Watchable. Yeah, I mean, it's not a great movie. It's not an awful movie. No, it's not. But it's like a, uh, yeah, it's it's like it's like a throwaway entertaining movie. But like he made it like uh, like. Like, like he, he was that to that movie what Al Guinness was to Star Wars. So like basically, he, like, <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I know in that in the sense of like you know when they first made it, yeah, they wanted to give it creed, they wanted to give it a little bit of like dignity, basically, a little bit person. of something, yeah, something. So they got, they got Sir Alec Guinness in it, yeah, because they didn't know for sure what was going to happen. Yeah, I mean, really, it was like it was uncharted water for everybody there. Mm-hmm. They weren't sure if this movie's going to make it. They yeah. needed a star. Alec Guinness was a star. He had like yeah, I mean, it's like getting uh, what's his name, uh, uh Oliver. Uh, Lawrence Olivier, yeah, or someone of the, one of those guys in there, right? Yeah. Lawrence Arabia, yeah. <laughs> Peter O'Toole. That's what I was thinking of, like mm-hmm. Oliver, Peter yeah. O'Toole. But it's like getting one of those guys in there where he's a top level star. Yeah, so I think he like that's that's how I can uh, to to him being in like in Green Hornet. It's like uh, yeah, he like he gave it something that uh, he gave it some class. <laughs> he gave it a little bit of class. Yeah, man, he is one of those guys though. It's like you're always gonna get his A game, like no matter what. He, oh yeah, he's he always great, shows he's, up he's ready to go. Does. Even in in uh. Alita Battle Angel. She he was he was great in that. Still haven't watched it. I uh I'm not avoiding it. I just haven't got around to it. Mm-hmm. But it's, uh, um, it's a it's a like it's it's not a bad movie. It's a good movie. Oh, I'm sure yeah. it's a fine movie. I mean it looks good. I Robert Rodriguez, right? Yep. So everything about it seems to be um like a like A list A list movie. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's got everything you really want to go to to go watch. James Cameron giving you another Dark Angel. Yeah. But um at the same time I just I don't know. A part of me was like, I'll get around to it when it comes to me. Oh yeah. There's uh there's Definitely movies like that. I uh, I finally watched Shadow. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. How was that? Wow, that's a good <laughs> movie. <laughs> you were you were very you were anticipating you were 
waiting yeah because to I, get this going yeah so i finally like i watched it from beginning to end it's uh it's 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 visually it's amazing okay fill us in it is uh feudal feudal china it's feudal china like uh like i won't give it away but like uh, it's uh uh it was like that that dynasty era china yeah and it's like if you liked um uh how uh for people out there who played sekiro uh shadows die twice mm-hmm. it's that kind of combat Oh, so there's like a lot. There's a lot of action. Yeah, because like the, the way he does his um uh like those, those spinning ha- those hats that have blades on them. Yeah, yeah. they use those, those shields and those those battle sequences. It's like it's straight out of like uh, thirteen assassins. No way, huh? Yeah. What was that game that was big for a little bit there? Dynasty Warriors. Yeah. Yeah. They made that movie with Cow Cow and all them in the uh, red red cliffs. Yeah, red cliffs. Yeah, red that, cliffs one and two. Yeah, that was that was John Woo, right? Was it John Woo? Man, I, 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 here's the problem with that. Danimal was talking about it. Handsome Dan yeah. uh, was really into it. It showed up on Shaw one day, and I had them all stored in my DVR, and they got rid of my DVR. Yeah. I never got around to it. It's John Woo or Ang Lee or somebody, but it's like, I think you're right. It's, it's a big level, big name director. But yeah, it was that Dynasty Warriors type of stuff where it's just spears are spinning and heads are coming off, and everybody's just getting crushed by Oh, yeah. And, like it had, um, yeah, and it had like Tony Leung from Hard Boiled. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, director and write, written by John, John Wu, Wu, right? Yep. Man. Yeah, I never got around to it. Was something like that? Or this is more like, uh, like this you're is, saying, it's more... Is, it's more like 13 Assassins. 13 Assassins. Yeah. What was that one that just came out we went to go, we went to go watch? Blade of the Immortal. Yeah, I, I just watched that the other... I just watched that two days ago. First time? Uh, no, like third time. Third time? It's phenomenal. I didn't like. I didn't watch like the entire thing, but like I, I just skipped through like to scenes that I like. I, I love. It's got a lot of slow parts. Yeah, it's a but uh, it's um but even the slow parts are good. Like uh, yeah, I just but I just they're nail biters. Yeah, exactly. I just want to see some action, and uh, that little Japanese girl who's like uh, who hires him basically the sister. The si- yeah, she yeah. she's amazing in that movie. Yeah, she really plays the uh, that like very innocent. You want to like just put her under uh, like a metal cage. Yeah. And then cover a tarp of the cage, yeah. hoping he murders her. Yeah, and she's always getting herself into situations where she can get murdered. I know, yeah, and she's like, just she keeps, uh, she just doesn't know what to do, and yeah. uh, confused and like, but angry at the same time, yeah. and, like, but at the end, like, just not afraid to die. And uh, yeah, she she was so good in that. Yeah, yeah, the whole movie itself. I mean, visually, it's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it looks incredible. Yeah, so much gore. Like, oh, it, yeah. and it tells you right from the beginning. Like, you know how when they, they talk about, again, like a, a Tarantino reference, he talked about how when he got Misery Lou mm-hmm. in Pulp Fiction, yeah. it's like he wanted to throw down the gauntlet. Yeah. Like, this is what we're doing for the next two hours. Mm-hmm. It's going to be nuts. And Misery Lou is what gets you there. Oh, yeah. That first fight scene of Blade of the Immortal, yeah. it sets you up for what that movie's going to be. Oh, yeah. Like, they, they, if you if you set it at a high level, you can't go down from that. That's like that, that's what you're going to see for the rest of the movie. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so it's, like, it's, yeah, so, like, uh, like Shadows kind of like that too. Ah, oh, that's yeah, cool. So man. it's it's a it's a great great movie. It looked really cool. And it's very like it's not black and white, but it's like everything is black yeah, and silver and white. Yeah, it's black and silver and it only shows color to highlight things. Oh no way. Like an emotion or someone's face or uh Oh, so it is kind of black and white. Yeah, it's a, it, oh, I had but, no idea. but it's like it is I, I shouldn't say black and white, but it's like the colors monochromatic. are monochromatic. So, yeah, they're monochromatic. It's yeah. so like, the colors are so dialed down. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so if like uh like I tried it on my TV and it, it just looks like it, your it looks, new TV. Yeah, well, yeah, it, it just looks really, really good. Yeah, man, I'm 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 excited for you. I'm really happy that worked out because you were 
you were looking for that for a little while. Yeah, I was. When you uh, got your hands on it, you were pretty yeah, happy. Yeah, when I saw the price go down, I was like, I snagged it right away. And it was the last one. I was Dang, like, homie. Yeah, but there's, there's still, you can still get them. Yeah. I do like that. I mean, there were a couple, um, I guess, like westernized versions of that kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was that 47 Ronin with um, Reeves. with the Keanu Reeves on, which was better than I expected it to be. Yeah. I feel like that movie got the the whole, you're whitewashing this this franchise, this movie, whatever it is, not realizing Keanu Reeves isn't exactly a white guy. Yeah. So I think it got a lot of that when it happened. And it, it was much better than people gave it credit for. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, I I didn't think it was that bad. I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed it. it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I think. Uh, I think. Uh, Shadow is like if you, it's not as, um, like it's not. I wouldn't say it's as good as Hero. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Hero's I, pretty great. Yeah, Hero's awesome. I would put it up, but I would put it above House of Flying Daggers. Oh no way! I would. Yeah, that's saying a lot. Yeah. For anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about, these are all incredible, uh, incredibly artistic. Chinese, uh, like dynasty era movies. Yeah, and it's directed by the same yeah. guy. I'm mean, I think Crouching Tiger. Yeah, like, but like on steroids. Yeah, on steroids. Yeah. yeah, like just visually, where it's like uh, every moment is like captured with uh, uh like I I guess he's kind of like where, um, he's kind of like uh, um, he's kind of like Ridley Scott, where it's like every single shot has to be beautiful. Yes. Like every single There's shot. There's no wasted shots. No, yeah. Every single shot, like uh, kind of like how Christopher Nolan is, like every shot has to have purpose and it has to look as good as it can. Yeah. I guess uh, same thing with um, uh, Stanley Kubrick, where every shot, it looks like 15 shots just for like a head nod. Yeah. To, it's, to, make it's, it, to make it look good, right? So I think like, the, I, I won't say that he's like that, but, the, but the, the amount of care that goes into like just how the visuals. That's a good point. Yeah. The amount of care that goes into, I, I think people don't realize there are directors out there dropping pencils. There are directors out there who just make movies to tell a story mm-hmm. um, because they're getting paid. Yeah. They don't care. Mm-hmm. Like there are, I, I'm trying to think of like just a, like a throwaway action, like any of those throwaway action movies, like anything that comes direct to video. They're just even escape plan, or whatever ho- it is. Or Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw. Well, you know what? I'll say this about Hobbs and Shaw. I, I think maybe not. I think the director of that really actually weirdly in a way gave, gave a shit. He did? Okay. Here's, actually, you know what? Continue your point. It, okay. But yeah. my point is you have certain movies that Christopher Nolan does that um, Clint Eastwood. You're not really watching a movie. You're kind of watching. You're watching their movie. Their movie. But you're looking at very specifically designed set pieces. Yeah. And every shot really is. That's what a cinematographer does is a photograph. Like you can take every single panel, every our panels, or every frame of that movie is like frameable wall art. Oh yeah, yeah, that's exactly. You know what I mean? It's like you you can p- and pick any one, mm-hmm. whatever it is, twenty four frames a second, and you can pick any one of those frames in any second in one hundred twenty minutes, and you can frame that and put it on your wall. Yeah, because I, I think uh, yeah, because that's what that's what I meant. But like, say like you're you're watch you're watching those like movies by those directors, you're watching it through their eyes. Yeah. I, I mean, people should learn about cinematography too. Yeah. Like, there are cinematographers out. Like, who's the guy who did that last um, that one Bond uh, before? Uh, not Quantum, the one after Quantum. I can't remember what his name is, but he's he's like a super highly respected cinematographer. I think he's worked with Christopher Nolan. But they go out of their way to get these guys. Oh, is it Wally Fister? Yeah, Wally Fister. Yeah, they go out of their way to get these guys because they're incredible with a camera. Yeah. They are brilliant photographers. Mm-hmm. The director tells them what they want, and that guy's like, I got it. Yeah, like or Roger Deakins. Yeah, Roger Deakins. Yeah. Just up master lighting. Yeah. Like understands light. Oh, understands yeah. the camera. Yeah, if you know who this guy is, he's he's the one who did uh he did did he do uh the Hateful Eight? I wanna say yes. Yeah, he did he also did Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Twenty forty nine for sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. I so, wanna say Hateful Eight, right? I think he did, yeah, because yeah. Hateful Eight just looks it's amazing. it's amazing. Again, every scene you can frame. Every it. scene you can frame. And every scene, I mean, now that's that's part of the 70 millimeter, but every scene has got everybody in it almost. Mm-hmm. And then you can kind of 
Like, you can almost walk through it. Like, you can walk into the frame. Mm-hmm. And remember Viewmasters? I feel like Hateful Eight was a Viewmaster. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. You know, where like, you feel like you can just move, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, was well, patch, Fucking Escape from New York. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Yep. <laughs> you can move Kurt Russell out of the way and see who's behind him and mm-hmm. still be intrigued by actions. That, or just, like, two guys sitting down behind him. Yeah, like, they, like that, was, that was the thing with Hateful Eight, because, like, it was... Uh, that, that movie could draw you in just from the detective story, yeah, or to the cinematography, or the uh, or the dialogue. The it's story a, about sucking a dick. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that that can draw you in and make you wonder who's gonna murder who for saying what yeah. he's saying. It's a it's a great great movie. I think it's uh, um, yeah, and that's the thing. I think uh, like that's one that's one. Of, I think that's one of my favorite Tarantino movies. Oh, um, yeah. I had this fear that uh, with um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I don't really. I guess I'll have to see it before I pass judgment on it. But I think it's. Um, it just feels like. I'm just. Pa- I'm just going on like what from everything I've seen about the movie. No, you haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen the movie yet. Okay, and you're going off of what you feel from what you know, which I know without right? having seen it. Yeah, so I. I think it's his love letter to the to that era, rather than it, it being like a like a real like a. Like a, a real. Tarantino movie, a Tarantino movie with substance to yeah, it. Yeah, with with like you know a storyline and all this stuff, right? It, it just seems like this. This seems like more like a love letter. So I I I, try, I like to like I put it in the 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 lineup of like like four rooms. Uh, oh, that's rough. Yeah, because as good as four rooms is, four rooms also kind of sucks. Yeah, it's 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 not bad, but it's it's not a bad at all. But it's yeah, it, but it's like it just seems like it's not like I I just find this is like you should this shouldn't be in his like. It is. This should be one of his ten movies that he's gonna make before he quits. Here's the problem. Um, I with with that comment up for him is kind of sucks. Yeah. And the the fear behind that being like uh being like, um, once upon a time, mm-hmm. I can I kind of feel like because I like forums, everybody else doesn't like it. Oh, the same way. It yeah. diminishes it in my mind in a way. Like I wish everybody would just like it. So I'm mm-hmm. like, ah, maybe it maybe it isn't as good as I think it is. Mm-hmm. Then I watch it and I look, I nitpick for reasons everybody else doesn't like it the way I like it. Yeah. Then I still kind of like yeah, it. Yeah. Like, why, why 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 am I insulting this movie? Exactly. Like, yeah, like, and then I watch things like Pulp Fiction and everybody likes it. I'm like, it is great. It's yeah. it's a great movie and this is why everybody likes it. Mm-hmm. I can't understand why there's stuff out there that nobody likes. Like, why do people not like? Um, uh, Dust Till Dawn as much as I do. Yeah, I'm the same way. Like, it's how can we not like? Like, I'll tell people about it. And like, I haven't. I actually have never seen that. Actually, you know what? I think the people who don't like Dust Till Dawn, I think I've eradicated them from my life. Could be cause right because every, everybody I know, uh, loves that movie. It's a very great movie. Yeah, actually, you know what? It's super enjoyable. Actually, you know what? And I'll tell you one movie that I love. Huh. That I made my cousins watch, and they're like, they're 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 younger than I am, but like, uh, but they haven't watched it. And I said. Okay, uh, there's no point in watching it now because you guys, you guys probably won't get the humor. Like, I'm, much, I'm not saying that you guys are, you guys won't get it, but it seems like you know if you haven't watched it back then when it's prime, yeah, you won't, in, you won't get the enjoyment out of it, right? Mm-hmm. Is um, Big Trouble in Little China? No, man, <laughs> you can watch that in any year. It's awesome. Yeah, because I, I wasn't sure. Because are like, we jaded? Is that why we like it so much? Well, I, sh- I showed it to one of my cousins, and he's like, I said, you haven't seen this yet, and yeah. he's like, no, I haven't. I said, let's watch it. So then we watched it. He loved it. So my cousin liked it, but I, my other two cousins, I said, uh, my other cousins, they were like. I think one of them said like he was like this movie's like it's not very good and I said I'm like I'm like you know what at the same time I was like you know what that's fine if you if you don't if, I'm if you say, don't like it if you don't like it, I'm not saying you, I'm not saying you didn't get it but I'm just like if you don't like it that's totally fine. There's no hero in that movie. Jack is an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> it's a movie about a dummy. Yeah, just it, trying to like stay alive. Stay alive, and then he he falls ass backwards into victory. Like. Yeah, he's he's incredibly lucky the entire time. Yeah, but as a as a hero, he's an awful hero. 
yeah, there's like there's yeah, there's certain movies like that where I just where I I kind of recommend and then people will be like, oh, that wasn't good. Or if I say out loud to a band that I like and they're like, ah, oh, I like some of their songs or whatever it is, and like I I just try not to let it get to me. <laughs> I try not to let it annoy me. Yeah. I told somebody about Muse one time. They're like, it's all right. I'm like, you know what? You're I had that my too. Life. I had that too. I'm talking about you. Yeah. I'm saying that's the that, that's the story that you have told me. I know. Like, I'm, you know what? You can just uh, there's yeah, a door. I know. I'm like, uh, like I'm kick not, rocks. Yeah. Bitch. I, I'm not saying like it goes. Why don't I'm not saying why don't you love this? And I'm like, uh, I'm like, what really? And I was like, yeah, okay. it's surprising. It's surprising. But I um teach I, their own. That's fine. Te- exactly right. Teach yep. their own. I was working uh, doing mail delivery one time for a company. It was like private medical mail, and uh, one of the other drivers came into the into the office near the end of the day, and she's she's a little bit older, so it wasn't really her cup of tea by then. Yeah. This is probably around like two thousand seven eight ish, and um, what oh, I think what was that? What's that second album there? It's one of the uh, supermassive black hole. Supermassive black hole. So supermassive black holes in revelation. <laughs> black holes in revelation. Mm-hmm. That's the one. Uh, that had just come out, mm-hmm. and she was listening to Starlight in the radio. And she didn't know what it was. And she's like, I got to know what this song is. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God, what the fuck? So I didn't tell her. I made her, uh, a, a, I burned the cassette. I'm like, play this in your car tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Or today, play this in your car. It's like, what is it? And she put it in. She came back in the office that night or that afternoon with like, she was, it, it was a revelation. Yeah. Her mind was open. I'm like, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Saved an old person from mm-hmm. from failure of not knowing what new good music is. Yeah. It, uh, actually, that was the big, uh, that was the big uh, Muse song that I, that I first got into. Get out of town. Yeah, really. A, yeah, though I heard that, and then I was like, uh, as soon as I heard Black Holes of Revelation, I said, you know what, Kay? I heard this. I know this is not their uh, their newest album. Yeah, so I, but that's when I st- I went right back to Showbiz. But you went back and grabbed it all. Yeah, and then I went back to Showbiz and, and uh, Absolution. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then you see the growth uh, from from them. Not like not in the sense of like it got better because some people like the older stuff better because it's harder. Yeah, but like uh, uh, you see like. If you listen to Absolution, then you listen, you listen to Showbiz. Like Showbiz is so fucking good. Showbiz is so good and it's super raw. Yeah, it's super raw. And it's like, a very different band, but still Muse. Yeah, it's like they're they're in their infancy, and but they're still like it's all rage and power. And mm-hmm. um, and at the end, the, when they they go on, it's like people would say like, uh, oh, the, their newer stuff is not at, either not as good, but we just missed the older stuff when they were rocking harder and stuff like that. Oh, and I'm man. like, that's okay, fair fair enough. Like you know, like second, I kind of feel like those might be radio fans. Like they're not listening to the entire album. Yeah, like the thing is too is that when you uh, when you see them live, you want to when they put those new songs on from like the Second Law or from uh, from Drones or from like uh, Simulation Theory. Of course, you're gonna fucking rock out to those, right? So Man, and you feel your your uh, heartbeat yeah. faster. Like when when new stuff comes on too, live. Like we went to go watch that live uh, the live movie there. Yeah, the the live show, whatever it was. And like as you're watching it. Number one, it's visually stunning. It mm-hmm. looks amazing to see that they're putting that kind of a show on in in an arena, like not even an arena, in like a little stadium. Yeah, in a stadium, and it's, they're circling around and stuff like that. Yeah, and, yeah, it's crazy. But then, even though it's it might not be you know, quote unquote as hard as older music like Showbiz or Origins or whatnot, it's still like it draws you in. Yeah, it gets you super into the moment of, and you start visualizing what the characters are they're singing about mm-hmm. are doing right it's it's really cool stuff oh yeah because every live shows there's a theme to it right? yeah that's it there's yeah. a huge theme to the whole yeah because like for for that 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 tour that we saw in in theaters it was uh there's just drones flying everywhere and those balloons <laughs> everywhere and it was uh and they still went police hard. state yeah yeah exactly yeah it was all like police state new age like uh t2 yeah robots and nazis yeah it like cool. it was very cool man yeah, it's so, really yeah cool. i i uh but um, they evolve. I mean, as a band, they've evolved. You have to because you can't just keep playing. You can't have the because you know who, okay, who like think about bands that have the same sound. Coldplay, Coldplay. Like think about. Uh, <laughs> I know they get a lot of shit, but they don't really they grow don't, too much. Well, like look at uh, look at Nickelback. Look at look look at fucking uh, ACDC. 
They have one sound. Yeah, I know, but I have a hard time but talking I shit about ACDC. Yeah, yeah, but like... Uh, I know people like to... Okay, I know in Alberta, ACDC has a history. Yeah. People like to talk shit about ACDC. But I will punch you in the mouth if you talk shit about ACDC. I fucking love ACDC. Yeah, I mean, I can't they hate stuck, those guys, man. They stuck to a formula, and it's been yep. working for like God knows how many years, right? So, man. Yeah, even when... Uh, even Brian Johnson played live with uh, with Muse, and... Uh, they loved it. They said, it "Yeah, pretty man. great." Because they got one, they got they got a sound, and they just fuck out. They they rock out. To they it. rock the hell out of that sound. Mm-hmm. They they have a sound. They they're professionals at that sound. Yeah, and they're in they're just killing it. With yeah, it. you'd be like like you could say you could say like that sounds like ACDC. They have a distinct sound. Yeah, they're yeah. they're definitely a great band. Mm-hmm. And you, yeah, you can't deny it. I mean, yeah. if you do deny it, I hate you forever. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. Unsubscribe. <laughs> <laughs> unsubscribe. If you don't we like don't, them, unsubscribe. We don't like them. Yeah, we don't like it anyway. Oh, actually, you know what? You know what I've been listening to a lot is huh. um. Uh, Howard Stern TV, like the older stuff, yeah, yeah, from like uh, from like two from two between two thousand two thousand ten. That is some raw shit right Fuck, there. <laughs> I love that shit. I mean, that's before that's before the Me Too movement. Yep, that's before like uh, cultural appropriation. Oh yeah, and virtue signaling. <laughs> Got that era of Howard Stern will kick you in the I teeth. I love that, like Ronnie and Sal and Richard, like just those guys uh. are just going at each other. Like <laughs> we talk about them a lot here, and you're a big fan. I love, I love, uh, like I, I like that era. Yeah, so I have like learned to reappreciate mm-hmm. that because you watch it so much. Mm-hmm. There was a while there when you wouldn't stop talking about it, and I was like watching so much on YouTube, it was starting to become part of my recommendations. Oh yeah, like they're they're, they're hilarious. They're like, pretty good. Yeah, because like they're. Like I'd I'd love to work in that workplace. <laughs> oh, they're crazy. <laughs> they're crazy. They, like, man. Howard Stern, like he like he tries to run a tight ship, but like he says, like he that's the weird thing. I was I had this. I was thinking about this the other day. Like he actually likes to he reprimands people. He's like, hey, I don't want you acting like that. But when they act like that, it makes the show better. It does. I mean, that's Especially the thing. Ronnie and Sal, like those two guys are idiots. They're complete idiots. Yeah. I I feel like. It's there's you kind of feel when you're watching it there might be a sincerity to when Howard kind of is like hey calm down everybody yeah. just just cool it everybody calm down yeah and they're like is he really does he really want them to calm down because no. that's making it for the fans right well the thing is like I'm not sure if you remember that that older one when Artie Lang was still on the show mm. and uh, when he uh, he was arguing with his assistant and then uh, they uh, and then the assistant said something to Artie and Artie got pissed off at him and Artie got up from his radio from his console and tra- threatened to kill the guy. Yeah, and, and he leaves. I think that one. Yeah, right? Benji, yeah, gets out Benji of there. and like all these and Ronnie, all the guys had to hold him back. And there was like, he's like, then he threw a CD at him and he's like, I'm gonna fucking kill you. <laughs> well, he's probably on coke or PCP or oh, something. Oh, he was definitely on meth. Yeah, he was definitely on something. Or no, he wasn't on meth. He was on heroin. Oh, he's on so much. Yeah. I watched that uh, the the last Rogan with him on it mm-hmm. when he talks about how he's clean and, and finally like getting to a good place in his life. And man, I mean, like I knew a lot of, unfortunately, because, you know, 15 years ago I was maybe you know, dabbling with some shitty people, mm-hmm. but I knew a lot of guys who were in rough shape mm-hmm. and Artie Lang, he outdid all of them. Oh yeah. I mean, I personally knew a bunch of people who were in rough shape and Artie Lang, and you know, it's true. He's not making it up. No. But that dude was the stuff he was into and he starts talking about what he did. And I mean, just like Randall buying an eight ball. I mean, and he had money, so it wasn't a big deal for oh, him. Oh yeah. But just the things where he's like, all right, so the hooker out to go get me an eight ball. Like, oh my god, how do you? How are you trusting these people? Like know, two man. grand, to go get you the shit. I know. I, I think he. I think he left the show after that. After oh, that incident, man. And, or like he left and he came back and then and he left for. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he came back after that for a little bit. Yeah, but that, um, I know. Like uh, like Robin Quivert, she I find her irritating, but she 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 makes the show go too. Yeah, you she, know she's been there for, since the beginning, and and even like uh and Fred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the intellect that I, I love that guy. All those characters, like you said, Robin might be a little bit annoying. She's only annoying, I think, because maybe we, like a family member's annoying. Mm-hmm. But you want them around. 
Yeah, because like she's the one. She all she does is like uh, most of the time she just agrees with what Howard says. Yeah. And but uh, other times she's like, yeah, like she. Well, she makes a point. It's always good. Oh yeah, she is. Like, and plus she deserves to be there. She's been. Yep. She, she was there since since the beginning. And, and she's and, put up with his shit. Oh yeah. She's put up with his shit since the beginning. Yeah. And Fred is like, uh, super intelligent. Did you see when he actually went up against that? He went up against this one girl from uh, Brown University. No, they're having, they're <laughs> I think a, I'm pretty sure you told yeah, me about this. Yeah, he had, they were they're having a trivia contest, and he just walked in, and he's like, uh, "She got three right out of like in 45 seconds, a minute or something. Mm-hmm. She got three right, and then Fred goes in there, and the uh, in 45 seconds, he got all the questions. He right. got everything right, and then he goes, "Yeah, that's pretty much what I expected. <laughs> that's uh, that's who I am." Yeah, he's like, and then she goes, "I didn't know you were so mean." And then Fred goes, "Well." If you're coming here and you're gonna talk like that, of course I'm gonna have to put you in your place. <laughs> if you're gonna come into my house and talk shit about what I do, yeah. I'm gonna put you where you belong, mm-hmm. which is in your place. Yeah. Then he said, he goes, and he goes, uh, Howard goes, what university did you go to? What college did you go to? And he's like, I went to this college. It was not gonna, it's not a great college, but he goes, and by the way, Brown University, not that great. JFK Jr. went there. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, that's a that's a crazy Massachusetts burn. Yeah. God. Just rough. I'm super confident. I mean, that's and I think like uh, I don't think we were directly um, influenced by those guys, but everything that we kind of want to do here, it's because of guys like that. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, Terrestrial Radio was like it was. I think was the uh, uh, laid the foundation for uh, a lot of people, kind of influenced people who really oh, yeah. want to get into get into podcasting. I was. Uh, I remember watching. I'd like a couple to think years so ago. anyway. I, oh, I think you're right. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. I was watching a couple of ye- a couple of years ago last year, when, or maybe earlier this year, when Anthony Cumia came back on uh, the Rogan show there. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't like just, that's not all we watch, but we do the shows. So anyway, he was back on, and then Rogan was like, this is why I do what I do, is because you and guys like you were doing this. Yeah. Like, I, it's a weird roadmap, right? Like, the first person to kind of get on the radio and do a radio show, um, when you watch Private Parts, how mm-hmm. he had Don Imus and all those losers out there doing their yeah. thing. They really kind of like laid the foundation. Johnny Fever, yep. like DJ kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like all those characters and people kind of laid the foundation, eventually got us to here where we are now. And this is the thing. Yeah. Everybody's doing a podcast now. Yeah, because not everyone can have like uh, – well, you can still have an online radio station. That's fine, sure. right? But like uh, yeah. but podcasting is just uh, – it's it's easy. It's uh, it, the, it's not expensive. Not expensive. It's uh, it's very easy to do. You just need a, like a buddy or two or even by yourself. You can just do it by you yourself. You do it by yourself. Bill Burr does his by himself. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it's uh, – You don't need to be a genius. No, you don't. We ain't. No, we're we're not smart. We're pretty smart. Yeah, we are. But uh, but we ain't geniuses. No, we ain't. We ain't geniuses. We ain't no Fred. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we didn't we go to Brown. We ain't no Fred. We ain't no Fred. <laughs> we ain't no Fred. <laughs> no, but I, I just I'm fascinated by, I'm always fascinated by how something got to to where it is. Like, how did this happen? Mm-hmm. And then when you look back to like who influenced the first podcasters, who's the biggest one today, who influenced that guy? Because like it's there's always like a spike, right? Like somebody got really big, and everybody else thought, well, I can do that. Mm-hmm. And then before him, who was the one that was big? that influenced all the guys in the radio to be like, I could be a DJ. Mm -hmm. And then people think about this for a second. What we're doing here 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, people went to school for a couple of years to learn how to do. Yeah. And like, they learn how to use mixing boards and shit and learn how to produce audio. Mm -hmm. And we're just out here like a bunch of assholes. Yeah. Just with like cheap gear, a couple of stupid mics, Mm -hmm. GoPro camera and you know, cheap lights. We're just like doing what people are paid money to learn how to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated by. I that. know, man. They're, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as you have like a, yeah, just a good crew. Yeah. Who can who can have just normal conversation? Yeah, it's, it's not hard at all. This ain't tough. No, it's not hard at all. I, I'm always blown away too. And we talked about it last time when people we know and friends were. I was like, how do you guys just like keep talking? Mm-hmm. It ain't hard. It ain't no. that tough. No, I mean like, we just say words that we like to hear each other talk about. Yeah, and I think yeah, to like uh, listeners who actually want to 
who want to do this, it's uh like it's it's important to have someone else you can bounce ideas off of and just like someone you nice. like just someone you like talking to yeah and you want to hear what their what their perspective is on stuff that you that you're interested in and vice versa yep. and then just uh and just record it that that's it that's it you just laid down exactly what happens here week after week yeah that that's literally all you have to find do. a friend get some shit yeah record it put it online yeah and it's all free it's all free well except for the stuff that you gotta buy like the, and, and cheap stuff like my mic this one that i'm using right now was a freebie that i got years ago uh-huh. just turned out to be a decent mic how much was the sennheiser the, the headphones you're wearing isn't this uh what's this negatory good buddy oh, okay. those are <laughs> cheapo mics i got okay. from long and mcquade mm-hmm. i can't remember what they are but i think they were 30 bucks each oh I mean, yeah. if you if you buy a lot of junk food and a lot of fast food and play a bunch of video games online, mm-hmm. um, I would say like a month of just not doing that shit will have you enough money to fund your podcast for a year. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, at, le- <laughs> at least right. Because I mean, the mics you only need two mics. Get two fifteen dollar mics or twenty dollar mm-hmm. mics, and go to Long McQuaid. Again, we don't get ad money. Nobody pays a shit. Mm-hmm. But I've gone to the new Long McQuaid on the south side by the Costco here. Yeah. Yeg facts, um, uh, the, the South Side along McQuaid, and those guys doesn't matter who I talk to, when I go, what questions I ask. Those motherfuckers have always had time for me and always given me more information than I needed. Mm-hmm. Um, a nut on this this mic, I needed an extra nut and I couldn't find it. Mm-hmm. Didn't want to order it from Amazon. Yeah, the guy like reached in a drawer and handed it to me and said, "Pay it forward, homie." So oh, I did. I think I gave a homeless guy five bucks. Mm-hmm. But it's like just. That place has always been tight for information, mm-hmm. and that's great. Like walk in there, ask them some questions, or any music shop or any mm-hmm. shop that like has gear, just ask them a ton of questions. Yeah, and if they're not willing to help you, those guys are called assholes, mm-hmm. and go to a different shop and ask them. Yeah, and you'll you'll get the info you need. Oh yeah, there's a uh, it's I, I like, that's the thing I'd recommend more people either go visit a pod like if you know someone who has one, just go on there and just try it, and or is that an open invitation for all our friends who are listening? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. for sure. Get your get your ass down here. Get dumb. your asses down here, or at least subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> or at least subscribe. Well, I've noticed. Like, I mean, again, we're back on YouTube now. Our YouTube's always been kind of low. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. Maybe I'm just not doing it right. But our our iTunes, our RSS feeds, and all that kind of crap are always doing all right. Well, that's good. Yeah. We have a lot of people who listen to us, but not many people who want to sit and watch. And YouTube's a tough market to break, man. Mm. Like you know, if you're not if you're not finding dead Japanese guys in the woods. Yeah, it's, it's not easy to. Yeah, I don't know. The thing is, like, people, if you want to listen to people talk, you'd rather listen to them, like, on your headphones than rather just sit there and watch them talk. Yeah, it's a lot easier. Yeah, there's no actions going on behind us. So, yeah, uh, we're not doing anything. No. Um, the one thing going on behind us right now, though, is I put that up so I'd remember what to talk about. That's crazy. That is the, uh, the Adventures original. of Luke Skywalker. Yeah. An original Empire Strikes Back on record. That's nuts. Yeah, it's got the book in it and everything. And you yeah. can read that stuff. How much do you think that's worth right now? Uh, this one's pretty banged up, so I don't know. But, I mean, a brand new one. Like in good shape. Good shape. Maybe a couple hundred bucks. There you go. Yep. Um, the companion is up there, the Star Wars. Yep. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> uh, but so today on our old uh, BSFW chat group on Messenger on Facebook, Handsome Dan, Handsome Dan pops up and talks about a new fan theory. Now we're going to nerd out with some comic, well, some movie shit. Okay. Uh, he's got a fan theory that came up from some dude called. I can't remember what it is, something like that, anti, anti-logic or something, something like that. Mm-hmm. But he broke down, and I haven't seen the trailer for episode nine yet, but he broke down why he thinks Rey is a Sith. And he did it so incredibly well about from the first scene, like even to where, and I made a comment to Dan about how if she's a Sith, it changes the, the narrative, right? When she's scrubbing that crap that she's going to sell to Unkar Platt or whatever his name is. 
Uh, I don't even remember. <laughs> in the first, in Force Awakens, remember when Ray is like in, on Jakku, and she's uh gonna buy, like she's scavenging all that shit, right? And she's scrubbing something, and she's gonna sell it to the the dude. Uh, oh yeah, okay, now I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he she sees an old lady who kind of looks like her. Mm-hmm. Okay, if from that point she's not scrubbing and looking at her future, she's daydreaming about Palpatine, because it's an old person who is actually her mentor, mm-hmm. and she's a secret Sith. And the entire time, the reason she knows how to do all that stuff, the reason she's been sitting there, is she's essentially a sleeper Sith. She's like his Snowden, put out in the middle of nowhere, just gather intel, and learn how to kick the shit out of people. Well, I don't know that that's exactly what Snowden did, but I know he did some stuff like that. Uh-huh. But um, essentially, she is a Jason Bourne. She's a sleeper agent, just sitting there, waiting to be activated. In that moment when she puts the helmet on, and she kind of like gets up, and she's like, there's something going on. She knows something's up. It's because she's actually very sensitive to the Force. She's sensitive to the light side of the Force, mm-hmm. and she senses that, and that's when she activates. Everything she says when she talks to uh, Boyega and all the comments she's making about, like, I know there's a ship. I know where there's a ship. This is the Millennium Falcon. You're Han Solo. It's because she already knows all this information. Okay, so what, how does that... How does that? Oh, sorry, keep going. If you no, no, no. Keep, no, ask your question. Go so ahead. how does that uh, tie into the fact that she's... Uh, so what does that do with her relationship with that with the what the who's the bad Kylo guy? Ren? Kylo Ren, yeah. He's like the uh the what's it called? The scapegoat in all of this. Mm-hmm. He's being manipulated from very high level force users, from Palpatine to Snoke to Rey the entire time. So he's out there thinking he's in some sort of control, but when he thinks he's talking to Vader's helmet and when he thinks he's communicating with Snoke, he's being manipulated by Snoke or he's being manipulated by Rey for Snoke. So all the visions that he thinks he's like tapping into her, yeah. they're actually tapping her into him to manipulate him further. Everything he did is is all being subtle manipulation from high level force users. She was actually a knight of Ren, but he doesn't realize that. She was one of the knights. Okay. They existed before he got in there. He joined them. She was one of them already. Okay. So if you start watching it with this, and even like when she finds the lightsaber. She actually finds it because she's sensitive to light side force objects. Yeah. Because she's hunting light Jedi. She's hunting Jedi. Yeah. So eventually, when we get down to episode nine, wherever that's going to be, uh-huh. she's going to basically execute Order 66. She's like, you know, the same way they tapped in the clones. The clones didn't, maybe maybe they didn't quite know what they were doing. Yeah. Could be she's a clone too. Mm-hmm. She's just got enough information and they can control the, the clones from, far, from long distance, from across the galaxy, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe she is also just like, she, she has enough information in her head to know what she has to do, but not all of it. And then just gonna, they're going to activate her. So what's the end game then? The end her? game is take over the galaxy. So the and bring balance to the Force. There'll be two again. Uh-huh. Rule of two. One Sith, one Sith. One Jedi, one Jedi. Whoever that's going to be. Do you, think that, do you think that's how Rise of Skywalker is going to end? I'm kind of hoping it'll do something like that. Because that'll set up the greater universe. It could end on a, on a note of balance. Mm-hmm. And maybe the rise of Skywalker, even in the, in the thing, they're talking about the rise of Skywalker could be the rise of Kylo Ren becoming Ben Solo slash Skywalker again. I th- here's the thing. I think... Uh, now, again, I haven't seen the trailer, so I can't... I don't know. Okay, like, so... If that's correct... Okay, so mm-hmm. let's say if that's let's say, let's say that's correct. Fairly, okay? let's say let's say it's loosely accurate. Okay, let's say that's loosely accurate, yeah. right? The problem I have with that, uh, not saying like you know, I, I'd be that's great. That's that's like yeah, that's cool. I mean, it's I mean, a cool theory. It's a cool theory, right? But, it's not my theory, so it's not gonna hurt my feelings. Yeah, so like I just think that uh, um, if that's the theory, then everything that they've showed up until now mm-hmm. is a total waste. In that, essence, yeah, they'd yeah, have to tie it together in third movie, yeah, so or it, it is a waste. Yeah, because like the thing is, is that I think I saw something yesterday. I was I was on YouTube, and I said I think that they're 
they are either they're still doing it or they just they just they did it a couple of weeks ago. Like they're still shooting scenes. <laughs> oh no way! Yeah, it's, we've got a month. We're a month out. Yeah, like they're they're still like they up until maybe until up until a month ago they were actually just still shooting scenes. Now for a lot of movies that's not un, that's not um, unusual. Yeah, I think they they sunk like th- over three hundred million dollars into this movie. They spent they spent like another like seventy five to one hundred million dollars just in reshoots. I can imagine. Yeah, I can imagine that. I, and again, I will defend reshoots. Reshoots happen on every movie. Yeah, they, they do. Yeah. Uh, but the, the thing but this is, is like these are big reshoots. Yeah, and also uh, uh, you know, there's that Star Wars group that's, that 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 kind of hates this uh this whole this whole movie. There's a, there's a movement called something. There's the actual uh, the actual name for them. I actually did not know that. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty out of touch with the Star yeah, Wars for the most part. There's um there's actually uh. J.J. Abrams uh, has actually acknowledged that this group exists now. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, gross. Like, he, 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 <laughs> that's gonna hurt for him. And he's trying. I guess he's trying, like not cater. Like, I guess cater to them for lack of a better term. But it's like trying to tell them like to calm down and like just chill, just chill. But uh, they all those guys chill call, neck beards. Yeah. Now they, they all they all call him uh, uh, Jar Jar Abrams. <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> oh, they brought that up too. Like this could be like the uh, the unused plot for Jar Jar being a, a secret Sith. Oh fuck. Because I mean, if you if you really look at that theory, it holds a lot of water. Okay, I understand that, but the thing is that he, Jar Jar has been like a he's been a cancer on Star Wars uh, since the, since he came out. Because everyone just because he just like he kind of ruined Star Wars for a lot of people. Yeah, don't, don't don't draw any more attention to that guy. Just just let, let it him go. go. Let him go. Let die. him go. Did you ever watch the Phantom Edit, the Topher Grace Phantom Edit? No, I didn't. Um, he cuts a lot of stuff out of that thing, and when he does have those characters show up, you almost forget that they were there. Mm-hmm. And if you watch it a few times, it used to be on Vimeo. Um, I was stupid enough not to download it, uh, but I think you can still probably get it somewhere. But when you do watch it, mm-hmm. he hacks so much of the kid and Jar Jar out that once you've seen it a couple times, and it kind of becomes your version of Phantom Menace, yeah. and then you watch Phantom Menace again, Man, you hate that kid in Jar Jar so much more. Oh, yeah. Now, it's hard to hate that kid because the kid's not bad. I mean, though that was bad directing choices on the part of George Lucas. Bad dialogue, bad direction. Bad script. The kid's just a kid. The kid's a kid. But the character, like little Anakin, Annie, little orphan Annie. Uh, keep going. It's it, <laughs> it makes you dislike the character that much more yeah. after you watch it a couple times. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it's his, uh, just his, uh, um, just his cadence and just the way his, the way he speaks and everything. It's like... They should they should have got him when he was a little bit older, man. Like at least a more, like a, at least a, like a better act. I'm not saying that guy's a bad actor, but like, so, like not so, not so childish. Well, he's a child, but like it can, <laughs> and it, that's the problem. Well, the thing is, like if he was gonna bring like, if that kid's so like uh uh like smart, like I, I would want someone like who's like when you see him like hey this kid's too smart like he's so smart even the way yeah. he speaks yeah. he speaks like a child he doesn't speak like a genius. Yeah, I, I, oh, this I, is just I me, do know like, what you mean. Yeah, I, this, I, just, this is just me just fucking yelling. But there like, are things. No, there are things that that again. I I put all the fault on George Lucas. Oh, he's like this is this is me building Jesus Gabriel, and I'm like uh, I'm like you sound like a fucking you sound like a fucking retard. The scene when he <laughs> nice. Yeah. The scene when he talks to his mom about yeah. leaving. Yeah. Feels authentic. Yeah. Um. The scene when he introduces himself, it's all authentic. Even when he's talking to C three PO in the room by himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Feels authentic. When he makes him get jokey or be like smug. Like when he talks to uh, not Watto, who's the Sebulba, 
when he's making fun of Sebulba. Yeah. That feels super forced and awkward, right? Yeah. So that, that kind of stuff. And when he's in the pod race, he's like, whoa, this is intense. Whoa. Yeah, I'm all like, of that. See, see that's, those are the only things I remember from that movie, just how annoying that kid was. And in that, they cut all that dialogue out. Good. Like, when he's pod racing, it's him just pod racing. Yeah. And he's like, head down, just killing it. Yeah, like, I, I, when I see that, I'm like, he's going to become this character. Like, I don't see any of Darth Vader in this character. That's not Darth Vader. That, that kid is not Darth Vader. He's not. That kid is Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, like, I, like there was no, like, like I wanted to see the younger version of, of, uh, of Hayden Christensen. That kid's not That kid's not it. Oh, man. I'm, but I'm nitpicking. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. You know, but I think we're allowed to. But that's what we do. We watch these movies, we enjoy them a lot, and then we nitpick because there's a lot, a lot to hate about them. Yeah, like, I, I can't, like, no, I can't. If someone says, "Oh, you you just like the '80s star," I'm like, "No, I actually I did I didn't mind Attack of the Clones. I did not mind. I liked Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm like, yeah, like no, no. There's like one. There's like there's like three movies. There's like two uh, Star Wars movies that I didn't that I really really didn't like. Hey, and it's that true, was, man. Like, yeah, it's like I didn't like the. I wasn't a fan of Phantom Menace, and I just mm-hmm. was not a fan of Last Jedi. If you watch the the Machete Order, mm-hmm. it's not bad. Yeah, it's a pretty it's a pretty good narrative. Like it, it makes you not hate Star Wars, which is why like I, I kind of think to myself like when nieces and nephews get old enough, if I ever get around to having kids, if I ever get around to it, <laughs> I'm gonna show them Star Wars and Machete Order. Yeah, because it is it really is for new fans. It makes it it makes it flow better. Yeah, like you wa- and, and now that you have um Rogue One mm-hmm. and the Mandalorian, like it even kind of it builds that a little bit more, right? Like yeah. you actually get to see this this story unfold with a flashback and then keep going again, and then you kind of get attached to the character. Yeah. You know, you, I think the way he did it was New Hope, um, it's New Hope, Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith. No, New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, and then Robert Turn the Jedi. Oh, okay. All right. And then you cut Phantom Menace out completely. Yeah. Because you don't need you it. You don't need it. Because now, now you know who Darth Vader is, you know that, um, that, uh, Alec, not Alec Guinness, Obi-Wan is a, is a big fan. And then you see how their friendship develops by seeing that elevator scene. Mm-hmm. And then you imagine how they were friends. Yeah. Instead of just being like, oh, you went from kid to adult. And now I'm just going to hear how much you're following in a nest of fucking birds and spiders and shit. But no, you actually build that that uh, relationship from watching the first two movies. Yeah. Sorry, just one second. Oh, do what you got to do. Hello? Good. Clap, sync it. That was uh, that was my brother. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Do you want to do the uh, the clap sync? No, I'm louder than that. It's got to go on both mics. I just made you do it a second time for fun. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I just I just kind of feel like there are certain things about. I mean, there are certain things we're gonna nitpick about because we grew up the movies. Yeah. We enjoy them as fans, and then we uh, we shit on things you don't like because we hit, get that attachment to them. Mm-hmm. I do think there's a lot of stuff that we've aged out, mm-hmm. but I mean, whatever, man. Let little kids enjoy it. Now that was one of the things I talked about with uh, with this theory mm-hmm. that, like I said, we aged out of it. Well, there are little kids out there who think Ray is a role model, and if you turn her into a Sith halfway through the, the the last movie, there all of a sudden all these ads don't make sense for Disney, right? They got the, no, like, they the, the Disney theme park and the little mm-hmm. girls like I like you, Ray, and it's like I murdered your mentor. Yeah. Like, oh God. Yeah. Yeah, because I think is it, I heard the theme park is not doing good. Um, it's not doing as crazy like uh, gangbusters yeah. as they expected it to, mm-hmm. and that's that's been out there for a while. Like they they expected we're gonna open the doors and it's gonna be floodgates mm-hmm. and we'll get trampled. Yeah, like, they gave like protective padding to all the people who work there because mm-hmm. they thought they were gonna fall down and die from the trample of children. Holy shit! And um, ten kids showed up. 
It's like buying too much candy at Halloween. Do you think? What do you? How long do you think after uh, this next movie that we're gonna see another Star Wars movie? I I don't know. I think they're probably already planning on what they're gonna do, but I think it's gonna be a lot being made and not a lot in theaters. What do you think? What happens if this movie doesn't make a billion dollars? They'll still make more Star Wars. I I don't think anything changes. I think what? this this movie does. This movie makes say like um I don't know. Let's say this movie does does solo numbers. Oh man, <laughs> solo numbers. Oh, I I I have this this feeling in my mind that if this thing flops completely, let's just say it, it bombs completely, tanks, doesn't do well at all. I don't think anybody at Disney gets fired. I think Kennedy still holds a job because I think these people are gonna just be they're gonna stick their guns. They're not not stick their guns. They're gonna stick to that that narrative they've been giving us. No, she is great. Trust us. Captain Kennedy's a fucking god. I, we'll never fire her. I think I think John Favreau will, will replace her. Oh no way! Yeah, it's actually well because you've seen the Mandalorian, and yeah. it's really good. Uh, it's, it's okay. Well, we're two episodes in, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, because I know you got rid of Disney Plus. Yeah. Was the second episode of the Mandalorian you being like, you know what? F this oh, shit, I'm, I'm gone. Yeah, I was like, fuck this shit, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Yeah, I'm out of here. You know, it just, it just feels like there's people. It just has that. I don't know why I turned into. Yeah, it, it just it just has that feeling of like just it's just people in costumes. Oh, oh, oh no! It's cosplay Star Wars. That's what it, that's what I felt like. That's how uh, Strangler felt with Rogue One. Yeah, it, it just felt like when I was ta- like, this guy was talking to someone, and the, in the first scene, you know, mm-hmm. in uh, in this, it, like the first episode is kind of like a western, basically, right? Okay. And uh, the first scene, they're in there, and this guy puts this guy. He takes an alien, and this alien looks like he's straight out of Star Trek. And they put, they put some <laughs> not like, Star Wars. Yeah, he's like, he like, he's like, he has blue wrinkly skin, or whatever. They put his face, and this guy has like a, he has like a New York accent. Like, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, it'd be better if that guy, like, if he spoke like another language, like he spoke, like there was subtitles or whatever, and he actually spoke like an alien language. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, I know. So I, I wish they had to add some authentic. It, it just feels like it's like, granted, the the quality of the show is yeah. fantastic, right? But I just feel like even the, uh. Like everything about it just seems like it's so. Was it like Benicio del Toro speaking French in that last one? Yeah. Like what the? F- what do you mean French? I, on the other side of the galaxy. Yeah, he's sitting there and he's like, "Uh, can you just um uh, dick your head off my head, please?" Whatever, like kind of like yeah. that. I mean, but it's like, got a hard like New York accent. Yeah. So I was just like, uh, it took me. It took me right out of it. I'm like, it just just looks like I'm watching like uh, I could go to like. Uh, Comic Con to see this thing. Yeah, so. <laughs> I could go to the stage at the fringe and watch two guys put on a satire of Star yeah, Wars. So, so that's how. And then like I know there's Baby Yoda and all that shit. And, like so I was like, well, yeah. there is a baby version of Yoda's race or whatever. Yeah, it is, right? I, I think that's because th- th- everything. Ev- I think they're making everything right now, whether it's books or whether it's uh, shows, whatever. Mm-hmm. Is just trying to make. Is just trying to like. It's like giving like Rise of Scar- Skywalker life support. <laughs> they're just a cushion to fall on. Look at all this other great stuff we have. We have all this other great stuff. Yeah, because I even saw like uh, if you I, don't like that, watch these. Yeah, because I actually went. To, I was at uh, Chapters today, and I saw all these these graphic these books and like these graphic. There's and, a lot, and it says companion to uh, yeah. Right before you watch, before you basically they're saying like before you watch Rise Skywalker, watch this because it, it helps. Like, you know what they're know. really saying? Before you watch that, get some money in our pockets of this crap you don't need. Yeah, because none of that matters. No. I mean, remember, um, like when the expanded universe was out. Yeah, it was all there, and it was—I know it was great. And I had lots of people who who really enjoyed it, friends who really liked that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But you were never going to see that in the movies. No. If they were going to make a four, or five, or a six, seven, seven, eight, nine, in nineteen ninety-one, none of that stuff would have been in it. None, oh, yeah. of, none of it would have mattered. Mm-hmm. So everybody who's like lamenting the death of the expanded universe, mm-hmm. none of that shit mattered when you loved it. Yeah. It never existed to begin with in the real world anyway. That was all yeah. fantasy cosplay bullshit anyway. Yeah. And that's what's happening now with this new stuff. This like uh 
extended whatever the, the other hell it is, the companion stuff, same thing. Mm-hmm. None of this matters. No. It's a- those characters might show up in the movies later, but they're going to get a story from beginning, middle, end told on screen that will be like canon. Oh, yeah. And this will just be supplemental shit. Yeah. This is out there. Yeah, because I think this is like, uh, this takes place like before like when Rise, Rise of Skywalker comes out. Cause I know mm-hmm. like some years have passed and stuff like that, but like, uh, like you shouldn't have to like, like if you're not happy with it, you shouldn't have to like read something they forced upon yeah. you to like help you understand like what's going on, what like to, to help like get through their problems when they're making yeah. this uh the problems they have making this movie. You know? The like, Saint Lord of the Rings. Yeah, exactly. Like the appendices are actually fun to read. Yeah. Like after I read the main thing, I went to the back of the book as a kid. I it was almost like I wanted to read parts again. Yeah. That's what that was. Yeah, because this the, ain't that. Yeah, because the appendices are written with care and love, like like tons, of, like years and years ago. Right? What a good point. Yeah, this was <laughs> this is made because someone told them to to write this. Yeah, it has to be written this way. It has to explain this because there's there's three hundred million dollars at stake, and you have to fucking <laughs> put stuff in there. So like, yeah, it's uh, I got a lot of money writing on this. Exactly. Do not fuck it up. Exactly. So the writers are probably like, I got this idea, but no, 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 that's not gonna work. Okay. They're still filming this movie, okay? <laughs> like, oh, God. It comes out in a month, okay, man? We got, we all got time to fuck around. I feel like this is what Scorsese was actually talking about. When he shit all over Marvel? Yeah. I think this is what he really meant. I think this is what he's... I think this is, like, the crux of his argument. I think you have made that argument make sense for anybody who doesn't know what he was talking... Anybody who got mad is like, you just don't like those movies because you didn't get to do one. It's like, no. These are... They're, they're manipulating your emotions mm-hmm. by giving you all this crap you don't need... Then pumping more money into more crap you don't need and yeah. trying to get you to buy it all. Oh, yeah. This is the gift shop. The movie is the ride, and now we're going to exit through the gift shop or enter through the gift shop, which is all this other companion shit that the, nobody wants. The t-shirts and the snow globes and yep. all that shit. Yeah. And all the trinkets. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Socks with somebody's know, face on it. Yeah, because like the, the, there's, a, there's a pure movie to be made, and that's Scorsese. There's like no fat on it, right? But yep. like, uh, But – uh, they have to think about like you know okay they have, have to merchandise this I have to do this this and this right so it's like it's a behemoth onto itself right but they've like where the whereas like the actual like trim down thing of like making a good movie kind of gets lost in the mix and again that I think we we just we just kind of cover that too where that um, every shot doesn't matter mm-hmm. whereas like when we talk about a Nolan movie even even Dark Knight and Batman and uh, Rises every shot kind of matters you can take every frame and frame it. Yeah. Whereas when you're watching one of these, like a uh, Snyder or uh, or even even say James Gunn, the new one he's gonna put out there, mm-hmm. there's gonna be a lot of fun stuff happening. It's gonna have a cool story to tell, but not every single frame is frameable artwork. No, it's not. That's it's no. not at all. And I think also is that I think we've talked about th- we talked about this before is that uh, um, these movies, uh, it's like oh we made all these like these Marvel movies and these uh, you know Batman versus Superman and Dawn of Justice and all that shit. But like no one's gonna remember those movies. No, you know why? The thing that happened. Because you know the thing is, is that the reason why is because, uh, like they're actually okay. In, in, instead of saying that, I'll say this: those movies are not gonna age well. Here, here's what I, I I feel about that point. I think some of them will age incredibly well, but not all of them. Not all of them. Whereas every Christopher Nolan movie will age really well. Yeah, because. And I don't know if that makes sense to anybody who who doesn't get what I mean. I think I think what I mean is that look, this director makes these movies because he's got a a story that he's decided to tell, mm-hmm. and he's got to find people who are going to produce it. He's got to find people who are going to back it and care about it. He puts together a team to make these movies. Yep. Whereas Disney is like, I want to make a movie about Hawkeye, make it happen. Mm-hmm. Get me the the Kate Bishop, get me the dude, give me a bunch of people who can write it. We're going to make a bunch of comic books, and make a bunch of money. Yeah. 
And then that movie might not age well because the care hasn't been taken into it by think, like a yeah. lead guy who just wants to tell a decent story. Yeah, and the thing is like you're, you're gonna get lost. It's gonna get lost in the mix because you you're, yeah. you don't know because if you watch it like for the first time ten years or 20, 15 years from now, right? Mm-hmm. You're not gonna know exactly what it what all the stuff that went into making that movie, right? I'll remember Civil War. I won't remember Ant Man two. No. And Ant Man two, you're right, will not age well. No, no, it won't. And even even if you look at like I was looking at uh, I was watching. Uh, like I just like I stumbled upon the trailer for Infinity War and I was watching it and I'm like, man, this even now the special the special effects don't look good. <laughs> that was what two years ago. Yeah, it was. It, it doesn't look good at all. Like it just looks like like even like okay, like for example, okay, like okay, forget Marvel. Okay, let's look at uh, uh, Justice League. Okay, mm-hmm. Justice League looks like hot garbage. It's 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 unwatchable. It. I mean, it's unwatchable anyway. Yeah, it's terrible visually. Visually. It's a, it's a Frankenstein movie, mm-hmm. and I bet you anything, that's what Rise of Skywalker was. Rise of Skywalker. I had this conversation with Kevin. Well, Snoke doesn't look great. Yeah, he I looks, mean, he yeah. doesn't. He's not a great looking CG character. No, he looks terrible. It's just a thing with a head and a robe. Yeah, it's like it, like that. Like Rise of Skywalker is gonna be a, is gonna be a Frankenstein movie. It's just gonna be like an arm there, a leg there, a torso <laughs> yeah. from so, something else, an arm from another arm from somewhere else, and like. The brain of a of an idiot. Like here's you know. here's something I want to tell you, and this is this is hate is gonna hate. Now you said that uh, that Avengers um, Infinity War does not look great. You don't think Rise of Skywalker will look great, but if you look at, I think Rise of Skywalker will look good. I mean, well, yeah. the practical stuff will look good. Yeah, like the humans will look good. Yeah, the CGI is gonna look like shit. Yeah, but if you look at, and this is like going back a ways, if you look at the first Michael Bay Transformers. Regardless of the weird shit when they roll down a hill and all it's like a t- crumpled tinfoil ball, whatever it is, when Optimus Prime is just walking around and transforming, mm-hmm. I believe all of it. Oh yeah, it look, uh, like I have to admit, the Transformers movies—they yeah. granted they're they're junk food for the brain. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're made for thirteen-year-old horny boys. Exactly. Yeah, but but like just visually speaking, they're just uh, like they're like you're just you look at them, you're like, holy shit. There's a lot going on. There's a, there's a building gone, like, and and when they're all moving around and fighting, it might look crappy because not what we grew up with. Yeah, because also the, the the physics don't work that well. Exactly. But who gives a shit? But You're when Optimus Prime transforms and like the front part of the cab drops to the ground and it like makes the whole theater rumble mm-hmm. and he just makes that sound when he gets up and starts moving around. Sam Witwicky. You're yeah. like fuck! Holy shit! Yeah. That's Optimus goddamn Prime. Because yeah. I think because all the people who are working on Transformers. Not okay. Forget Michael Bay's direction and the writing and stuff. All like of that. that. But all the guys who were technically working on the film were all grew up on Transformers, and they're proficient. Yeah. And regardless of how it looked, the the actual CG looks believable. Yeah. Like I mean, it, they might not have looked like our '80s Transformers, but mm-hmm. what it was, it gave you a believable world. Yeah. Man, and you're not going to get that from Star Wars. No, you're not. Which costs way more money. Way more money. Yeah. <laughs> way more money. Yeah, it's just a. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just think, uh, uh, and uh, what's it called? I guess you know that John Boyega is, uh, was the one who leaked the script. And it was under his bed or something? Under his bed and the cleaner <laughs> took it or something? <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Good job, uh, that is pretty rad. Yeah. Nice uh, nice work there, buddy. Yeah, I know. It's uh, Well, he's like, well, fuck it. This is my last Star Wars movie anyway. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> this is my last interaction Star Wars, so I guess uh, I've got to put a script under my bed. It's going to be great. Yeah. Um, I hate that character. Yeah, I, I don't like him. But there again, in that theory too, they talk about how it's it's likely in the theory that he also is uh, like a, like a backup. Like he's a, he's a he's not a Sith, but he's a backup uh, for the Emperor. That he's also out there. Like he's it, it's weird. I'll I'll show you the thing. But he might also be another dude out there that Phasma has sent out to go take care of some stuff, and they have already a relationship of how they're going to act with each other to keep their covers. So it's Captain Phasma in the third one as well. 
I guess if she survived that, you know, terrible fall, terrible Boba Fett fall, it was a, it was an awful fall. She fell far and probably bumped her head a couple times. Yeah, I know. Like, it, like that guy's character arc has not like it's the guy, <laughs> her character arc. No, no, uh, John Boy, whatever the fuck. Oh, Boyega. What's his name? Finn. Finn, yes, because he's like F one. Yeah, his character arc it makes no sense Whatever. in the movie. If you actually look at his character arc, it makes no sense. It's terrible. It's pretty rough. Yeah, it's but pretty rough. He's the he's the victim of like the, the Me Too movement as well. Oh, well, he's the victim of a bunch of movements. Yeah, he's the victim of uh of, of like you know overly simplifying a plot to cater towards these people who you think are gonna really rah riot. Yeah, they were they were telling such an honest story with diverse cast, and we really enjoyed it. And I watched it. I watched the trailer anyway. Did you watch? It? I didn't really go to the theater. I, mean, I saw the trailer. Good for them. It's like, that's not who you're making the movie for. No, then they, they, they fucking threw Rose at him. That that, that fucks him up, too. Uh, oh, God. That, that. I kind of feel like they were scared to let a black guy kiss a white girl. Uh, I think they were terrified of it. I'm like, we can't show this movie in places. We got to have, have an Asian actress for the Chinese market. Oh, fuck. So yeah. get her. That's the, that's, um, that's, the, that's the world we're living in. That's what it is. It's, it's completely engineered. It's totally engineered to be like, let's get the Asian girl to die so the Chinese market feels bad for their character. Get her sister out there to kiss the black guy, but actually not do it because the Chinese people don't really like black people. Yeah. Because they're crazy racist about that washing machine shit. Then, you saw yeah. how that went. Then, then fast forward, the U.S. government's going to... Uh, <laughs> ban all imports from America. <laughs> <laughs> all the imports. It's like yeah, that's. I think this is exactly what Scorsese was talking about. Mm-hmm. I this they were engineering all this stuff to appeal to all these different audiences, mm-hmm. and all of them who they're appealing to don't give a shit. Yeah, you want to get thirteen-year-old boys in this movie. Mm-hmm. That's who your target audience is, and their dad's gonna be like, actually, it's pretty cool. Their moms will be like, yeah, that movie my kid likes is actually pretty fun, and I'll watch it too. Mm-hmm. I did enjoy that movie. Yeah, I think it's and also it's like I think I think he, they're like. There, yeah, what Scorsese? I think what Scorsese was the point he was trying to get across. This could be right or wrong, but like, I think he's like, yeah, you just have to like he, he's the the movie. The movie is about the 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 actors behind the camera, action done, wrap up, yeah. and then uh, and then you know, told very well, directed very well, has a good script, mm-hmm. and uh, and you that that will attract good actors, right? Yeah. So because like no Scorsese doesn't make movies with bad actors or whatever, right? He makes like people are can't wait to make movies with him, right? Oh yeah, it's like what they used to do with Woody Allen before, like you know, he diddled his before daughter. Before he was Woody Allen, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, but yeah, so like, but there's no like when he made Goodfellas, he wasn't worried about t-shirt sales or no, no, he was worried about making an American classic. Yes. And so, Star Wars is not the what, like what is the intent of that movie going forward is to sell uh is to sell t-shirts and toys and like uh what's the deal with Marvel? Marvel, yeah, sell t-shirt and toys t-shirts and, and toys. stuff like that, right? That that's it, right? Sheets. So, Pillowcases. Yes. So, like, the, you can you can make the argument, like, yeah, you know what? It is cinema because you're putting it on a screen for people to watch, right? But, like, no. Like, that's that, – like, Scorsese's like, no, no, no. Like, it is an, an amusement park ride. Yeah. So, like, yeah, you, it's basically you're going on a ride, basically, right? But, yeah. you're, but you're sitting in your seat and you're just watching something. Yeah, that's exactly yeah, right. Yeah. So, but Scorsese's like, you know, for, for, uh, for cinephiles, it's like, you know, you want to sit down. You want to watch the craft. You want to see, like – like, it's not like uh, – if you have a green screen, you can pretty much do anything you want. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I, th- I think, I think that's exactly what it is. Yeah. I, I, I think that's when you when you sit down and actually think about what he meant about the engineering of what modern uh, Marvel movies or Star Wars is. Yeah, that's what it is. They're trying to engineer it to make a, a female hero so little girls will come and watch it instead of making a decent movie. Like, I mean, what was that? Uh, what was that one? Uh, Coraline. Remember the Neil Gaiman? Yep. The Neil Gaiman movie about a, like a cool female protagonist. Yeah. I mean like an awesome, awesome character. It was a yeah. great movie. The book is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Cool female character. 
little kids should should technically enjoy that. Yeah. I, I don't know how well it did in theaters, but like it's a it's very it's it needs to be out there more so little girls can have like a a cool tough guy detective or maybe just a get just, shit done character right? or maybe, that, maybe that's just a character like some girls would just uh they can relate to they can relate to yeah i mean maybe they can relate to it in the way the story is told because the story is like up and down and dark and cool and it's mysterious got a whole lot of stuff going on mm-hmm. write more cool stories with that kind of character in it and give them their own world to play in yeah. don't try to suddenly take something that was one thing and then try to manipulate people into liking it. Like it just like it seems insincere when you do it to something like Star Wars. Yeah, like the because uh, like there's like you have to think about what's the what's the what is the intent behind the movie, yeah. right? So like there's like obviously the Marvel and Star Wars movies are like they're out there to make money because yeah. like the thing is that there's so much money invested in this, right? Like Scorsese doesn't give a shit about how much money his, his movies make, right? No, the, st- the studios want like because like he's at the same studio for a while. He want like mm-hmm. it, and his movies will like. If you, it'll say like no one says like oh a Michael Bay film or whoever directed the, the some of the Marvel movies or the, who directed Ant-Man. John Favreau yeah John Favreau whatever like no one's gonna remember those right John Favreau Star Wars yeah like when Scorsese reti- like when when fucking uh, when uh, the what's his name uh, uh, from from Transformers oh uh, Michael Bay Michael Bay yeah. when Michael Bay retires you think there's gonna be like a fanfare fanfare. No, I don't think anyone, like, compared to... He hasn't made a movie in a while and nobody gives a shit. No one gives a shit, right? But when Martin Sarskazy says, like, you know what, I've I've hung it up, there's going to be a fucking award show. There's going to be a big deal going on. Yeah, exactly. Honorary Oscars. There's going to be, like, an in-memoriam for his movies. Yeah, they're going to open up a a museum for that guy, probably. No, it's absolutely true. Yeah. It's true. I mean, I think that's, like, that he's he's totally right. We've kind of said it a couple times. Organic storytelling. Hey, if you want good, like, if you want good, strong characters from every, like, ethnicity and gender, like, I know we talk about, um, like, you don't really like uh, like the Marvel movies, but they do have organic introductions to all their characters. Oh yeah, both like, male, female, black, white, Asian, whatever. Mm-hmm. They have it out there. Yeah, like you can go. Well, maybe not Asian because they kind of messed that up with uh with you know Iron Fist and, Iron and Fist. Wu. Yeah, whatever Wu Tang. What's what's Doctor Doctor Strange's guy? Oh uh, Wang. <laughs> like they kind of yeah. they kind of screwed that up too. Wong Wong. <laughs> they kind of screwed that up a little bit. But there's like a lot of good organic representation in those movies. You yeah. can't force feed me the star. I don't know. That was in the back of my head. I just want to like throw that out there real quick. Oh yeah, no, th- yeah. I'm not. There, are, there is good multi-gender and multi-racial organic storytelling out there. Th- yeah, there is. The only they're thing forcing it in Star Yeah, Wars. the thing is, like, yeah, they're, 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 they 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 have to inc- they, they honestly they have they they probably should have included those, but I feel like they they said like uh, if a better actor came along and they and they were white, yeah, they would uh, they know that they can't they can't use them. No, <laughs> because there is for Star for Star Wars and Marvel there is a quota. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, they definitely have. Um, and I don't want to. I don't want to damage the idea of the inclusivity writer. Yeah. But um, or like what's her name said the the awards there. But there is there's there's a quota. Oh yeah. It's it's engineered storytelling. Yeah. It and is. it's damaging to like long term. Yeah. Yeah. Like the longevity of a story. Yeah, and, and it worked out. Like you know, obviously those, these actors are in these movies. They're they're great. They they're serviceable. They do their jobs well. Well, it worked out for Marvel. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but Star Wars is a whole Star different other story. Yeah, it's a whole different thing, right? Yeah. So I think uh, they just went too far that way. Oh yeah, they went way too far. Where it's yeah. like glaringly obvious that you just uh, that you're th- this this is force fed down our throats. Yeah. Like, why the fuck is she in this movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I think uh, with, um, yeah, they just I just find that they just uh, they're they, they have to like they like, I guess what what I'm saying is that these movies now do not cater to the general public. They cater to a movement that can uh, yes can, can decides where the movie's gonna live. Or it's die. a very narrow scope. It's yeah. a very, very narrow scope, 
and those people don't give a shit they about this movie. Yeah. They don't care about this movie. Yeah, they don't care about like what goes into the movie. They just they whatever like they want the movie to to, to agree with what their politics are, yeah. what, what their uh, they want their accolades. Yeah, that's it. And that's that's all they're gonna get. They're they're, they're catering towards people who are gonna watch a trailer. And then as they grow older watching these movies, people who grow older watching them grow up with these movies watching them. Are like this is horseshit. Why did I enjoy this one as a kid? Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of garbage. Yeah. And that's that's what's unfortunate about this generation of movie fan. Now, if the theory holds and all this stuff happens with Ray, and one of the best comments on YouTube was, it hurts me physically to know they're not going to go this way, mm-hmm. and um, they probably won't. But if it does, it could make it worthwhile what they did the first two, but it won't. Yeah, that's but it won't true. Do it. And yeah. that's all I got to say about that. That's I'll, all I really have. Yeah, and I'll say one. I'll say one last thing just to clarify my uh, three-year rant about Marvel movies. Your disdain. Or my two-year, two-and-a-half-year rant. It's kind of like a 10-year rant. Yeah. Um, is that I don't – okay, the reason why I, I – it's not like I hate the Marvel movies. The only thing is is that if you like the stories in the Marvel movies and you have the choice between watching the movie or just reading the graphic novel, yeah, read the graphic novel. Yeah, you're, you're going to get better stories. Yeah, well, like, there are differences to some, but overall, yeah. the actual comic books. Yeah, because the, yeah, the characters are more fleshed out. The writing is better. Marvel Unlimited is pretty cheap, and it gives you everything. Exactly. And uh, I, it's, uh, like if you want to read uh, like Thor Ragnarok, everyone's like, oh, you got to see the uh, Korg's hilarious. You got to do this and this. I'm like, no, why don't you read Planet Hulk? Read Planet Hulk. And Thor ain't in it, yeah. so you're not going to get that. Yeah, and read World War Hulk, man. It'll take you the same time. It'll take you a little bit longer than watching the, the two... Yeah, watching those two movies, but mm-hmm. you'll see those characters in a whole different light. Well, it's Planet Hulk was huge. Planet Planet Hulk was, I think, what almost a year and a half mm-hmm. altogether. It was more than that. Like Greg Pak kind of starts. Yeah, and then um, he goes into space, and then the shit. Yeah, he gets launched. The Illuminati, Illuminati launches him into space. Yeah, and then I think it's like a year and a half. Yeah, of Hulk just on just Sakaar, on, yeah. on Sakaar. Mm-hmm. and then that rolls right into Planet Hulk. Yeah. And then from there, you've got like another, I think, 12 issues or, or six issues. Yeah. Then there's like when he fights. Uh, yeah. When he's, and then the, all the gladiatorial battles. Then yeah. he, he fights Silver Surfer. All the tie ins are great. Yeah. Then, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Beta Ray Bill's in there. No, he's not. He's in the cartoon. No, no. He's in the, uh, in Planet Hulk, isn't he? In the, he's no, he's in the cartoon because uh, he couldn't get the Surfer. Silver Surfer's the character in the cartoon. Oh, the yeah, yeah. Account. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, but the, the Beta Ray Bill in the cartoon was a pleasant surprise. Oh, yeah. That was, yeah. <laughs> it was a pretty great version of, uh, yeah, so of yeah. that whole fight, and then like because if you they'll be like because if you like because that 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 actually was like they did they just took like a story from Gladiator and they just mm-hmm. put they put it into a, a into a Hulk story. It, it's like a Roman epic. Yeah, it is. It really is. It's it's like uh, Gladiator mixed with Julius Caesar, mm-hmm. <laughs> mixed with uh, Ben Hur. Yeah, it, it's all that together. It's yeah. very cool. And the, and the ending is just like like you if you don't if you like the Hulk like all the way to the end of Planet Hulk. Yeah, the way to end up on the Hulk, right? And then like when the like when the bomb goes off and like you, you see him, you're just like if you don't feel for him, it's like uh I kind of feel like they took that um and they didn't I don't think they did. I don't I it's one of those things that it's just like a line drawn in my head. You know in um in the what do they call it? The the teaser, the trailer, the the stinger at the end of the movie. Yeah. The post credits mm-hmm. shit when Thanos is like, I guess I'll have to do it myself. Yeah. That's basically how Hulk feels at the end of Planet Hulk. Yeah. If you won't kill me, I'll have to do it myself. Yeah, and that's not even a spoiler. Oh yeah, it and just that's that's the that's where the story leads to, and then there's more shit that goes on. Oh yeah, I, when I read Planet Hulk for the first time, I was like, "Holy shit!" I'm like, "This is crazy." And then at the end, it's like you see uh, the Warbound. Yep. And they they come to then Hulk's like just in tears, and he's like he's like just leave me alone. 
And they're like, no, he goes, we're war bound to the end. Right? Oh, yeah. And then at the end, he's like, he goes, we're going to Earth. And, then after, <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck are they going to do next? Well, he's so mad at the people who sent him to his new home. Yeah. He made a home. He was happy to stay there. Yeah. Off of Earth. And they kill his home. Yeah. And then when you see him on wife, the ship, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, his kid, and he's he's like meditating on top of the ship as it's going through space. Yeah. Like, I know we're comic-y kind of nerding out, mm-hmm. but that is a great visual. It's incredible. Like, and you, you will not see that in a movie. No, you're not going to see that. No. They'll like, never have the balls to make a real Planet Hulk movie. Oh, no, they, they won't, for, no. for sure. Well, yeah. they already pa- that ship has sailed, number yeah. one. It's gone. Yeah, they made, they made Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, they made Ragnarok instead. Yeah. And Taika Waititi did his best with what he had. But it would. It was not even. It's not even a drop in the bucket. It's not. It's like I. Like, I, don't, I love Jeff Goldblum. I think he's hilarious. But like when I was watching him, I'm like, man, that's like it doesn't like this is miles away with the, from what it should be. Yeah, what Planet Hulk or what should I want be. it to be, right? So like, uh, the world looked good though. It was. It essentially was what Sakaar kind of looked like. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah I, no, At I, least I, where I, the battles were happening. Oh yeah, I I totally agree with that. Not the uh, the what they call it, the shanty towns. Mm-hmm. They they didn't have any of that. In no, there. they had nothing. Yeah, that's right. And uh, I just find that. Uh, um, like when you read Planet Hulk and you're like, like you're just like, the story is so like it 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 grips you. It's like it's a page turner, right? Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, wow, okay, let's see, let's see, let me see the movie version of this. And you see through Ragnarok, you're like, come on, man, what the fuck is this? Yeah, it's not. I mean, like that version of Hulk too. Like when he's there, because the version of Hulk in the comic books is emotionally destroyed. Oh yeah, like he's gonna fight until somebody kills him, and he just wants to die. Yeah, like like obviously you can't make that Marvel movie, obviously, right? Because yeah. the, the, it's not gonna, but. You could at least put the DNA of that story in that movie. Yeah. I think it was tough to do. I yeah. think it's way too hard to do. Or just not make that movie. <laughs> yeah, or just not make that movie, right? Yeah. Just don't do it. And if they had given me a real, I don't know, 12-episode animated series, mm-hmm. like a Netflix series or Disney Plus series, oh, yeah. Hulk, just give me 12, 12 episodes. Yeah, I would have seen like a, like a PG-13 like animated uh, series on that. Yep. That'd be crazy. Because it's definitely not like an R-rated epic. Like It's not like uh, Punisher Max. No. It's just, like you said, it's a really good PG-13 animated series. Yeah. There's going to be a PG-13, 12-episode animated series. Yeah. Half an hour each. Make it six hours long. That would be incredible. That'd be incredible. Yeah. And uh, and it, same thing with Infinity War. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like the movie is like, okay, granted, it, that, was, that, was a, that was the end of, like, all these movies that are coming up to, uh, yeah. to it, right? So I understand that, right? But, like, yep. but if you actually, like, so, like, there was emotion in there. There was, like, uh, the action, all that stuff, right? So... When well done, well done. I mean, yeah. I know it's not your cup of tea. I enjoyed it. No, no, thoroughly. I, yeah, in, in, I, I liked Infinity War better than Endgame, actually. I could see that. Yeah, and so, but uh, it's one of those instances where, like, okay, you you liked Infinity War, you have to read the graphic, you have to read the story. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I mean, it's different because it's Thanos, as much as as much as he's almost not even really a, a villain in the movie, mm-hmm. he is definitely not a villain in Infinity War, Infinity no. Gauntlet, Gauntlet, Infinity no. War, all that. Yeah. He's not. Yeah, he's yeah. just he's just in love. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. He just he has an an end game, if you will, mm-hmm. in his mind that's all based on what he has to do to win the love of his beloved Lady Death. Yeah, exactly. It's it's and, and plus there's like there's characters that they just can't access. They can't like, do it. Yeah. You, you're not going to see Adam Warlock. You, you didn't you see just, Silver Surfer. You didn't see the cosmic entities. You didn't yeah. see like there's the Living Tribunal. The living Tribunal. You didn't see Eternity. You didn't see anybody. Right. And all those guys attacking Thanos at once. And they're all so angry. Yeah. And he, he's just not going to go down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Thanos in the comic, like that version of Thanos is so much more powerful. Oh, yeah. Than what we saw in the uh, in the movies. I mean, like in that, it's like, oh, he beat up Hulk. He's really tough. It's like, no, nah, he'd have just. No, he just like. <laughs> <laughs> in the comics, Hulk is not even a, he's not even a, a thought. He's not even a thought. Yeah. Like, yeah. E- like even like that, uh, like in the, in, that's the thing too, is like even in the, in the movie, it's like, you know, he's, he's pushing down like, uh, 
you know, he's like fighting against Iron Man and Captain America in the comic books. He's like, fuck, dude, get the fuck out of here. No, yeah. in the comics, it's cool because the way they do it is Captain America keeps coming back. Yeah. Even though he can't, like, he knows he's going to die. He knows he's going to lose. But, but when, he, when he walked up to him, yeah, that walk is like, it's crazy. That's what it was. Yeah. And that's why he respected him. Mm-hmm. That it wasn't like, and they do a pretty good job in the movie of showing you that. Mm-hmm. But the the power level of Thanos in the comics compared to what he is in the movies is so much more. Like, in the, in the, in the movie, it felt like Cap could maybe pull it off. Mm-hmm. And when he gets the hammer, he could possibly pull it off. Yeah. They're going to beat him up. Mm-hmm. They're going to they're gonna punch him and punch him and punch him. And finally, Thanos is like, wow, they're way stronger than I thought they were. Whereas in the in the comic, he is it's not even a snap of the fingers. No. He is so cosmically powerful that none of these people even matter. The mm-hmm. fight doesn't even matter. He's no. just wasting their time with the fight. Yeah. Which is what he's doing. He's just wasting their time. Yeah. And eventually he does what he's gonna do anyway. Mm-hmm. And then he himself has a moment. Oh yeah. It's like he does what he's gonna do, and then he himself is sitting back. He's like, you know what? I think I'm a villain. Yeah. Am I the bad guy? Oh yeah. Oh my god, I think I'm the bad guy. Oh yeah. Like, oh, I've messed it all up. Yeah, and like when all when all the the Marvel heroes come attack him, he's like, "Okay, fine, I'll fight you." And he goes, "I'll just turn off everything except for my power." Yeah. And he's like, "So I can't I, I can't tell where you guys are coming from because I'll I'll, I'll fight you guys like." And he still fucking smashes and he them. He fucking killed everybody. <laughs> he still smashes them. Yeah. It's wild. And I think they that in that sense, how they always kind of say it's hard to write for Superman. It's really hard to write for Superman because he's too powerful. Yeah. If you want to do he laser eye you in half. Mhm. And that's kind of what they did with Thanos. Is they, they took all the stuff. Like, he's so hard to write for. He's too powerful. How strong is he? It's like, well, this is what we do. We, we make him secretly the good guy the entire time. Mm-hmm. And we, we tell you his backstory after it's all done, after Endgame, or after Infinity War. When, when the snap happens, everybody's dust, everybody's dead, and he goes off to the farm, then the story starts. Yeah. It's like all of that was prologue to the actual story, mm-hmm. which is why it's hard to write for somebody so powerful. Oh, yeah. Like, the, uh, like the... Actually, Infinity Gauntlet is an Infinity War. They're both like they're excellent graphic novel. If you haven't, oh, yeah. if people haven't read them, you should read those. I mean, it's it's everything you want. It's everything it's, you want. It's and, and, Jim like, Starlin, it's George Perez, it's yep. Ron Lim. It's every character. Mm-hmm. Man, I I don't know if if people who don't know. I mean, you're kind of. I think James Gunn might become that guy for for the DC mm-hmm. universe. Whatever they're gonna do, mm-hmm. but like Jim Starlin. Everything that you enjoyed about Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, the the Marvel movies, end result, like the end game, the last three years in general, mm-hmm. man, like they owe so much to that guy. Oh yeah, like Jim Starlin, he created this cosmic universe for the for Marvel mm-hmm. that the movies had to live up to. Oh yeah, and they really kind of couldn't. They couldn't, they really yeah. couldn't do it. They tried their best, and their best just I don't know. My mind just wasn't good enough. Right. That's that's so now you now you know where I'm coming from. Yeah, I know where you're coming from, man. Yep. Whereas have you been watching uh, well, again? We talking about Watchmen. I just keep getting more and more surprised with Watchmen, this series. Watchmen is unreal. Watchmen is incredible. It's incredible. It is everything I hated about the uh, the movies eradicated. Mm-hmm. They took the movies, uh, the movie, because I mean I was with it right to the end, and they they screwed me, they screwed me hard. Mm-hmm. But then this series is like, nah, forget it. This is the comic books. Yeah. Did you read the comics? Fan of the comics? Yeah. Like yeah. the comics? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Watch this, mm-hmm. and then you do, and you're like, oh, they're doing it right. Yep. It's uh, it's fantastic. It's uh. I I really liked uh like like I said I I love the 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 Watchmen movie and uh um just because of uh I thought I thought every character mm-hmm. played their played their every actor played their character very very well no problem with that yeah you're absolutely right mm-hmm. everything in that in that movie is phenomenal mm-hmm. until like the last ten minutes yeah I think my favorite is still the comedian oh, yeah he he did a very good job he's unbelievable he did an incredible job yeah when he when he's talking to, uh 
uh, when he's when he burned that map and he's like, yeah, Osmandius here can be uh, smartest man on the cinder. <laughs> yeah. That that, that uh, whole speech is like the, the comedian was right the whole time. Oh no, well that's why he's dead. Yeah. Because he knew what was going on and he got murdered for he it. He got murdered for it. Yeah. And then the the movie starts, right? Well, yeah. the Watchmen kind of starts. Mm-hmm. What what I really liked about that movie was the whole v like i know people like the mars sequence because like it was so accurate to the comic yeah. that's fine mm-hmm. but like the vietnam sequence, sequence vietnam sequence was crazy was exact was it was that whole like when i see him in the comic where he's kind of like leaning off the side of the ship and he's got the the flamethrower out you're like all of this is this is exactly what i want mm-hmm. this is what i wanted from Watchmen. i just felt so let down at the end and then this like i said the series makes me um think about the visuals mm-hmm. of the show of the movie and kind of add that version of it into the show. Well, I think I think Watchmen it works better as a show. Oh, much better. Yeah. You need more time than two two and a half hours. Exactly. Three hours yeah. So I think that's why I give uh, more leniency towards the movie. It's like you know what? Yeah. For two and a half, for two for two plus hours, like he did the best he could. He did the best he could, and mm-hmm. like I said, he he had me the entire way until they they ruined the comics ending. Yeah. So if you don't want to get the get the uh, there's even a Blu-ray of the uh, of the Watchmen, yeah. the motion picture comic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the black uh, black freighter. Yeah. Yep, all that. And I like how the series has their own version of the Black Freighter. Yeah, that's like right. They've got yeah, that uh, My Hero right. story going along. Mm-hmm. Like every every now and then they throw in this little My Hero story or American Hero story as like their version of the Black Freighter. Mm-hmm. How it messes around with the, the history of what, what you're watching happen, unfold in, in the current timeline. Mm. Oh, it's very cool. I like it a lot. All right, so moving on. Oh, not really. T- I mean, we were, this is more of a uh, of a screwing around kind of episode, but let's see. We had, uh, what did I have here? I had people, I, I know I brought this one up a lot, but it's kind of stuck in my head how people are internet lazy. Mm-hmm. how you know somebody asks you a question about whatever and then like 30 seconds worth of internet like googling mm-hmm. will just get them the answer they want but they can't do it so they call you and ask you instead oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like i just had that happen to me a couple times this week where somebody phoned me like on a landline so you can kind of probably guess their age anyway they phoned me on a landline and asked me a question and i was like this is like you have a supercomputer in your pocket all you have to do is and you you probably have an apple so all you gotta do is ask it hey siri what's blankety blank Series like blankety blank is blankety blank. Yeah. You're like, oh, okay, done. Put the phone down, walk away. But instead, they had to call me and then ask me. Then I had to tell them what it was while I'm googling it while I'm talking to them. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I kind of knew, but I just kind of did it. And I sent them the link to like the Google, like article or the the, the news, whatever the hell it is, the, the results. Mm-hmm. I sent them a link to the results to their phone, and they opened that link on their phone and read it. Mm-hmm. I was just like, people are just internet lazy. Oh no, they are. They'll be like, okay, send me the link. I'm like. You could have, yeah, you could have just searched for it. What is wrong with you that you can't just search for oh, it? Oh yeah, I, yeah, I've had instances like that too, and I'm like, go fucking search for it. That was um, I was I, there was a song. I don't know if you remember the Axe Body Spray commercial, uh, where the guy he's got his armpits are just shooting water. Oh yeah, yeah it's yeah. a European commercial. Yeah, yeah, that commercial has got a song on there called "Love Is Blue" by Paul Moriat. Mm-hmm. And um, I was I was I, in my head like when it came out. This is probably what eight ten years ago when it came out. I was like, it's, it's the feverish version of "Love Is Blue." I kind of my dad had the old um. Remember Reader's Digest used to send you like records in the mail kind of thing? Yeah. So he had a Paul Moriat record in the mail. Okay. So I, I knew the song, but I knew the original orchestrated version of it. Mm-hmm. And I heard that and I was like, got to get my hands on this. Mm-hmm. Where can I get it? So I like scrolled through the YouTube comments back then, just did a couple of quick searches, kind of found it. And then now it popped up on my radar again, which is kind of what started this whole like people are internet lazy thing. Mm-hmm. And there was a dude on there who told another dude what the song was. And that guy's like, eight years I've been looking for this. I'm like, it took you eight years because you're a moron. You're an idiot. You're an idiot that you couldn't find that. I mean, I found it pretty fast. Now, granted, I knew the name of the song, mm-hmm. but I didn't know what this version was. I didn't know this, like, the Fever's version existed. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it didn't take long to find it. Mm-hmm. And literally, it was like song, axe, body spray, commercial. And it pops up, search results come up, 
scroll, scroll, scroll. There it is. Boom. Download done. Walk yeah. away. You know, five minutes later, I've got the song I want. Oh, yeah. You can actually. Like, took I this to- motherfucker eight years. Yeah. Like, uh, you could actually just, like, uh, you could actually Google, you could ask your phone just to play that song. Even just say, like, play that song in, the, in that commercial, blah, blah. And it'll play it for you. Well, I, I know this was before Shazam, mm-hmm. but like he oh, still no, could have just Google searched. Look, even if like if I have Google, like let's say if I have Google, if you have Google Play Music, yeah, it's in the library. It, it's right there. It's right. It's there. not hard to get your hands on. Yeah. So if it took you eight years for somebody else on on YouTube to tell you what the name of that song was because you ask somebody, you're there's no excuse for how stupid you are. Oh yeah, there's none. But like. No, that's the that's the lazy age we live in. God, it's just yeah, I find that super frustrating. Mm-hmm. That was all part of like the the whole spiel of of how people just don't know how to use the internet internet search engine anymore. No, it's and people don't know search engines, right? I remember like back in the day, you'd write like the word and the plus and the thing, mm-hmm. and like that was like the break. That still works. Yeah, if that you, still works. It's still that like like doing a deep search. Mm-hmm. Like now, people just they're so reliant on what is blankety blank, mm-hmm. they don't know how to use the plus system anymore. Yeah, they they don't. They they're just like it's. It's become too. It's 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 made people lazy. Yeah, it's made. It's designed Google's, to. Make, it's designed to make people lazy. You're right. Google's algorithms have gotten better, but they also have been designed to make the dumb people dumber. Yeah, like there, there's. I even thought about it. Too. I, I was. They, the electronic companies are like like Amazon, Google. These companies, they're selling you stuff that you. They're they're selling you a lifestyle that that they think you need. Like oh yeah, um like Google Nest Hub Max. Mm-hmm. Uh, Google Nest Hub first came out, right? This little. You know, just a little screen on there, like you know, just like just you know. I mean, like a like a glorified tablet. Yeah, like a tablet on there, uh, like uh, like an iPad Mini or whatever that size, and it has, has some speakers in it, and mm-hmm. has a camera in it, and you can just uh, if you have any questions, you can put it in your kitchen. So if you have any like recipes and stuff like that, you can. Uh, well, it was a commercial, but like girl talking to her dad. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah, I'm like, then you you realize that I'm like, okay, have you been okay without that thing? Yeah. So do you actually want to spend two hundred fifty dollars getting that thing and actually like? And just being, and then having it change your lifestyle, and the next yeah. thing you know, you can't live without it. Now you're super reliant on it. Yeah, now you're super reliant on it, right? So like, it's not like having a, weir- a like a backup camera in your car with now they're standing on every car and it makes you like not look look back when you're driving. <laughs> the but beeping. Like, yeah. So but now it's like, uh, so they made that thing, and then they're like, uh, oh, you know what? Uh, let's uh, give the consumer another option. Let's let's call it the Google Home Nest Home Max. So they put a subwoofer in the back. Oh my god! So now it sounds like a Google Home. Ma- now well, it's not it's not as powerful, but it's like it it does give you but that. But still, yeah. So like, oh, it rumbles have, your your fingertips. Yeah, it's like, oh, I have all the information, and I have a camera, and I can uh, video conference, and I have a subwoofer in my kitchen. They'll be like, who the like, who the <laughs> fuck needs that? <laughs> who needs it? Oh, I, yeah, I I need oh I need YouTube so I can follow recipes. Uh, how about your fucking phone? Yeah, your phone does all this stuff. You already have a thing in your pocket that does it. It's crazy just yeah. how how lazy people are getting like oh, it's yeah. just it is mind-boggling and, and they're, they're selling for, for and like people are like oh this is such cool technology okay, you know what a packet of three amazon echoes those small little ones yeah you can get three for 90 bucks they you, sell, they you sell can these. get like three fires the 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 kindle fire mm-hmm. for like probably a hundred hundred and twenty dollars yeah this is garbage they're giving you to like yeah. to make you live like a lazy style lazy lifestyle <laughs> so they can track like, the stuff that you can't live without it's crazy i was uh they i was bought ch- the prices on like Fucking Fruit Loops or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To, to, to you know, even that, they give you a button now. Uh, here, I don't think they're they're in Canada yet, right? No, so but the there, there's like Tide Pod ones. You the, like the the dot or whatever it is. Yeah, I'm out of Tide. Push a button. Yeah, it auto automatically that orders the, that, your. That's been up for for a couple. That's been up for like two years. It's it's at least a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy how how lazy they want you to be. How yeah. like uh, reliant on technology they want you to be. Yeah. And I know everybody's like the conspiracy theory. Who's they? I'm like Amazon. 
Amazon is they. It is. The buck stops with Amazon. <laughs> Facebook is they. Yeah. Google is they. They want you. Like they all have a product. Mm-hmm. Google's got a phone. They got the, the Nest Hub. They got the the Max. Amazon's got Pod Dots. They got the Kindles and phones and shit that yeah. are all putting ads in your screen. They is them. The com- the technology people. Yeah. And they want you to be reliant on their stuff. Yeah. Like the. Okay, it's I can understand like Amazon. It's like okay, granted, but we're all a victim of it, right? Amazon's so easy to buy from. They make it they make it like really easy for you to order stuff. Like people like, get addicted to to Amazon, right? I did, and uh, but uh, you have to take a step back and like, who am I actually supporting? Am I supporting a Canadian company or am I sp- supporting an American company? Yeah, am I supporting a mom and pop? Yeah, exactly. Or am I supporting like big American conglomerate? Exactly. That's just selling your shit on Amazon. Exactly. So like you have to like uh, I think I think people should be more wary of that. Cause like uh, that's a good point. Yeah, because like you don't like even though Amazon is, is is more convenient. Think of it, think of it as like it's making you more lazy. It totally is. Yeah, I got a story about that. I uh, I just because you know like my phone is kind of like you know it's on the fritz a little bit. The screen's kind of got a little bit of burn. So I'm thinking about picking up something else. So I thought I'll go cheap. I'll just pick up like an El Cheapo old school three four year old LCD screen. Might last a little bit longer. If this one fritz outs and dies, I've got like a little thing ready to go. Yeah. So uh, I couldn't find it on Amazon. I go to eBay. And eBay, the, the whole interaction was kind of not shady, but it just wasn't easy as Amazon is, right? Mm-hmm. Amazon, you go in there, you click buy, now you get your stuff. You don't even worry about it. Yeah. If it doesn't show up, you call them, they send you a new one, they void out the last one. Yeah, they don't care. They're, yeah, it's, they don't care. It's, it's, it's too much of a hassle for them to like exactly. uh, go through the whole like normal shopping and returning process exactly. or or, lot, or damaged goods or whatever. They're like, yeah. it's not worth our time. It's just not worth their time. Yeah. Whereas uh, with eBay, it's almost like it's you versus the, or well, not versus, it's you interacting with another seller who's uh, basically just like you. Seller, yeah. yeah, a bidder or a seller, whatever. And then they got a shop and they're somewhere in the world and they're just trying to ship this stuff out and they got to talk about shipping costs and shipping times and negotiating a lot more. You're doing all that kind of crap. Um, the phone didn't work out, mm-hmm. so I ended up returning it. And then that was a hassle because then I had to call eBay and then eBay walked me through a return policy told me how I don't have to pay the shipping and all that kind of stuff, wait for them to con- contact me again. The whole thing was just, it was all hassle. The oh, whole yeah. thing was hassle. Yep. It's almost like dealing with the customer service desk at a Best Buy, yep. which is not really hassle, but I mean, I got to go and deal with somebody. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, it made me lazy, man. In my head right away, I was like, I should have just fucking gone to Amazon mm-hmm. because they're so much easier, yep. which keeps me lazy. I, th- I bet It you, keeps me complacent. Yeah. I bet you, uh, um, not now, but I think I think Amazon is going to be broken up. You think? Well, that's the that's the the fear, not the fear, but that is the general idea of Amazon. I think it should. I think it should be like it shouldn't be like the way it is right now. But how would they be broken up though? I think. Uh, like is Amazon going back, going to go back to be a book retailer? No, <laughs> and then I don't. I don't. Tide owns a part of their business. I think what they have to. I think I get. I think they have to like stop swallowing companies. It it's a weird one, right? It, because it, yeah, like that's the thing. There's there's there's. there's I guess I, I I shouldn't talk about something I haven't really uh, researched that much, but like mm-hmm. uh, uh, that's one of the big things. Don't don't uh, pretend to know things you don't. Is that uh, that's a good uh, yeah that's a good note for next time. Yeah. So, uh, uh, but I think uh, I'm not sure how like the American government uh, is gonna what their ideas about about breaking up Amazon or breaking mm-hmm. up these big companies or how they would do or it. like like Google or whether it's Facebook or whether it's Amazon. I don't think they're gonna be touching Microsoft, but like uh, Microsoft owns their ass. Yeah, Microsoft is. You think Apple's big time? Yeah, Microsoft, Microsoft owns everybody. Is king, yeah, yeah. And uh, so, um, I think Amazon has to. Put, like, I think what they're gonna tell. Am- I think with Amazon, it's like you have to pump the brakes. I'm like, you can't just you you can't own everything. Well, it, it's okay. So the the thing about swallowing companies and what they're buying up is they're they're buying up technology companies. 
but like, they're also but they're also buying like uh I guess they're also buying up like uh like for lack of a term mom and pop operations. Yeah. Like the way they're doing it, like for example, like there was a that website, diapers.com, right? Mm-hmm. So diapers.com was selling diapers, you know, general American public, you can order them online, whatever, right? At a dot com. Yeah. At a dot coms, right? So they own they own the uh the internet name, right? Yeah. So uh that name is worth its weight in gold, obviously, right? But like if you but then what happened was that uh Amazon was like kind of like was was uh, you know they he, they were kind of like uh well they wanted that business they wanted that business they were they were targeting their like their sales they they did that they they crunched everything and they said you know what how about this we'll start selling diapers too but mm-hmm. but we'll 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 undercut you we'll guys. undercut cut them by like by like forty percent well that's like, why like me who never buys diapers is getting Pampers ads yeah on Amazon yeah there you go yeah I don't fucking buy them. They're just putting it out there because they want me to know they sell them. Yeah, exactly. And they sell them for cheap. Yeah, so they, they undercut them by like a huge like by huge margin. So people are like, why the fuck would I buy from diapers.com when I can get it for forty percent cheaper yeah. at Amazon, right? Now Amazon lost hundreds of millions of dollars for like from this uh um from this venture, right? So they're like, Yeah, you know, it doesn't matter. Who but cares? it damaged diapers.com. Yeah, but it damaged them, right? So what happened? Diapers.com sold to Amazon. Yeah. That that is Funny a example. shadier way of doing it. Yeah, exactly. And that's yeah. but that is their business plan. That is kind of how they've been doing the mom and pops. Yeah. Or the so, small like the, the small internet retailers. Yeah, so like uh, Microsoft has been guilty of that for like just swallowing up hotmail and doing all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But like uh that's tech. And so yeah. like ever since uh so after Steve Ballmer and and then Satya Nadal is coming in, right? They've been more op- open to like Linux, and they've been more open to like, uh, you know, uh, having being more open sourced or being more open and not not having to be. Well, like, they're less outwardly evil. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're trying to like uh, reshape their image a little bit. Yeah. That we're not we're not psychopaths trying to buy it all. Like we do own it all. Yeah. But let's be a little bit more transparent about what we're doing with it all. Yeah, because the C- the CEOs are no longer the CEO is no longer uh, a billionaire trying to buy everything, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm not nothing against like Balmer or Bill Gates, or whatever. Yep. But, like, but uh. Even so, like, they wouldn't care. But like, uh, but uh, I mean, it's a bad image. It's like a, when yeah. somebody's a billionaire, and it doesn't matter if they're do if they're like altruistic or whatever. But yeah. at the same time, when you're a billionaire buying a bunch of stuff, it kind of makes it look like you're you're buying up your competition, or you're doing what you said. You're trying to like compete against a mom and pop to crush them and eventually like offer them a handout. Oh yeah, like they're and then and buy them up. Yeah, so like so Microsoft's uh, competition is not Microsoft's goal is not to be is not to celebrate being a trillion dollar company mm-hmm. their job is to like you know they didn't even celebrate that they said like, so they, they became a trillion dollar company they didn't celebrate it they're like you didn't read about that in the paper no with they, like fanfare exactly they just say like, what's the, what's the ways that we can serve everyone better mm-hmm. and so and now they're they're challenging uh amazon uh or aws for like uh for cloud for cloud computing supremacy yeah that's it's it's huge right those are big ones to me uh, yeah. to me it's the tech stuff because i mean like if you look at what amazon's doing with cloud computing and what amazon's doing with like online storage mm-hmm. and there are other little companies out there that just can't compete who were making like you know decent money being like a cloud uh a cloud like, storage service yeah because oracle is uh they they have the web they have a cloud uh, they, they do cloud computing as well mm-hmm. right but i think it's amazon by a wide margin yep and then there's Microsoft, there's Azure, and then after that, I think it's Oracle, and there's, there's another ones, there's other ones after that, right? But like, uh, but ever since that that uh, ten billion dollar Jedi contract that yeah. that Microsoft got, everyone just everyone assumed that Amazon, that AWS was going to win it. Yeah, no, and Amazon shows up, or Microsoft shows, shows up, and up takes and, it. and takes it, right? So that could be with, that could be due to Trump saying because Trump wants Amazon broken up too. Well, I mean, he just hates Bezos. Oh, he hates Bezos. So I mean, that's a, that's a personal. But yeah, and plus Bezos owns, he owns the Washington Post. So. Yeah, he owns the Post. And so, uh, uh, but uh, yeah, Microsoft came in, swept it, and now Amazon's uh, going to sue the is suing the. Uh, the American government saying that this like 
politics uh, in played a part. Yeah, in the uh, in the sale. Yeah. So, uh, but now it's uh, Microsoft is uh, they learn they just they just stay they out learn of, from their mistakes. Too. Yeah, and they stay they, all the um, all the bullshit they went through with like all the negative press about like you know like uh, swallowing other companies mm-hmm. that they that's behind them now. Yep. Yeah. My 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 one fear with uh, with Microsoft is because uh, now they're getting really deep into AI. Mm-hmm. Is that hopefully that there's going to be uh, that the regulation on it is going to be uh, the, the regulations will be like they were they're tight knit and they're ironclad with AI. There has to be regu- there has to be like really hard regulation on it. Well, I mean, the AI. God, I, again, I think this was this is like saved. We we could save the whole AI talk for like another podcast. Yeah, but um, like AI can run wild so easily. Oh yeah, like AI can run away on us so fast. And it, so easily. The thing is, that it always goes forward. It's forwards. It doesn't go backwards. Yeah, it never goes backwards. And at the same time, it's like we are we are making something that has the, actually, the ability. Should, uh, yeah, actually, I shouldn't say that. Siri is still garbage. <laughs> yeah, Siri is garbage. Well, Siri, Siri is an application. Siri is just like it's voice and a search engine. That's it. That's all it is. That's all it is. Like Siri will not. As much as people like to think it can uh, it can plan your whole day, really, it's just a calendar app. Siri is is a calendar plus reminder plus search engine, and that's it. Yeah, exactly. It's still garbage. But AI, is it's one of those things that we've created something that's already kind of becoming smarter than us on its own. Oh, yeah. Like, there was that, uh, you know, that one one software. I can't remember the name of it, but it was a program to, like, play a game. So they they fed it the rules, Mm -hmm. and then the player beat the the game, beat it at that game. And then uh, I think it was a chess. Yeah, it was a chess game. And then they, they, they played that, uh, so they, the software was like, okay, let's call it version one, okay? Version one played the, the human, right? So the human beat the, beat version one. Mm-hmm. Then version one got better, and it beat the best human. And then version two came out. Version two beat version one. So they, they, then <laughs> yeah, they, so, so humans are no longer in the equation. No, no, yeah. It's already over. Yeah, so then they, they put, uh, they made more, they made either the more complicated games or, like, they just fed, they fed another version of it. Version three beat version two. Version four beat version three. And now... The game is that, that that AI is so good it can beat any it can beat any uh, intelligence, human or computer. Yeah. At any game, all you have to do is just program the rules. Program the rules in. Yeah. So it's not not, not a matter of like. Doesn't matter chess, checkers, doesn't matter pinball. The game. Yeah. Well, not me, not pinball, but like any any intellect based game. Any yeah. any puzzle. Step one means step two equals step three. Yeah, exactly. So there's no there's no game there's no uh, other entity that can beat the computer right now. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is feed it the the rules of the game, and it's just gonna crush you. Yeah, and the, and it's it's at the point now where it's like, uh, what was it? Yeah, so like, yeah, it's at the point now where it's like, there's no there's there's no human interaction needed. It's Ultron. Yeah, it's Ultron. Eventually, it's gonna it's gonna have that moment. It's like, oh, I understand. Mm-hmm. Humans, humans are the problem. Yeah. So, oh. so the, yeah, so that thing has to be kept under lock and key. Well, it's a brutal idea, right? Like, if you. That's why I've always kind of had that that inside little that inside joke, that little quiet kind of stupid comment that I make all the time about how there is somewhere in the world right now, and I, I firmly believe it, there's somewhere in the world right now where a guy has picked up a shipment and he's taking it to somewhere else, and there was no human that made an order for that item. Oh yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like there's an installation being built somewhere mm-hmm. that some some people are building, maybe this side of the mountain, maybe out in the middle of nowhere. Or it's just a building, mm-hmm. just a regular old building, and it's an office building. But no actual human decided to build this thing. I think an AI. I I I feel like AI is already making little little movements. I think they're out there, and they're just <laughs> deciding to see how far it can get away with shit. It's, they're organizing their positions. Yeah, they're organizing their positions. <laughs> they're they're putting all their players in place. Yeah. 
to see what's going to happen. So, like, when it goes down, like, oh, our people are already there, motherfucker. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, we've been here for a while. We're good to go. Like, that, that computer, right? Could you imagine you take that computer program, version 7 or 8 or whatever it is, and you just tell it. So, the game now is that in 45 years, no more humans. Mm-hmm. Those are the rules. Get there by any means necessary without bloodshed. You don't fire a shot. It'll just manipulate people to kill themselves. It'll just manipulate humans to be like, yeah. I get what's yeah. going on. And not even... No, dude, si- even, no even, sympathy, no hard feelings. No sympathy. Even program it to where... It, like, do it without a large-scale nuclear war. Mm-hmm. Do it through information sharing. Yeah, like like the Terminators in uh, Terminator in Terminator Two, like in the Terminator series, the T eight hundreds or whatever. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're not they're not evil. They're just like they're programmed. Like just yeah, programmed. They're, they're, yeah, they're, people are like, oh, they're, they're they look scary. It's like no, that's a skeleton. Take, yeah, they're take t- take take the red eyes. Take yeah. the, take all that shit. No, they're just uh, take all your skin and muscle tissue. Off. Yeah, just take, you just, look the same as them. Exactly. Just they're just following orders. Yep. Yeah. Hans Landa. Hans Landa. <laughs> all, see how that happened? Full circle. We came full circle. <laughs> that's that's a callback. Yes. Oh, I think that's gonna be the show now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't think I've I, I would bet you the music's been playing for a while. Mm-hmm. The new music that I, uh, oh, good. I put out there. Well, uh, uh, made it myself using Apple Loops. Well, <laughs> I guess I can say peace out. I guess. All right. Peace out. <laughs>